Attention, please be advised. The following episode contains spoilers. Don't say we didn't warn you. I saw the first one in high school and... Uh, wow. Like in the school? No. Or when you're that God, no. I was... <laughs> Nerd On. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve. You absolutely and deserve it. All levels, all levels of nerd are welcome. Yeah. Um, all 13 floors. Yeah. If you're new to the show. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, that's <laughs> such was an obscure th- reference. That was though. a thing. Uh, if you are new to the show, I am Josh. Corey. Ollie. Tom. Caitlin. And we have a very special guest. And when I say very special, she's very special to me. Must be nice. Oh, She is uh, <laughs> the wifey, as I will call her. Um, Master your- of the hounds. Master-, <laughs> <laughs> Master of the hound. That's true. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bonnie. I'm Josh's wife. Hello, Bonnie. Thanks Hi, for Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. I am so uh, pleased and honored to be here with my nerds. Woo! Oh, yeah. yeah. Hails awesome. the She uses the N-word right. My nerds. Oh, my nerds. You're helping us kick oh off. Mm-hmm. Uh, year two of Nerd On. Yeah. yeah. So First episode of year two. Nice. Holy Very balls. exciting. Wow. Super exciting. Uh, before we get into it, for those of you who don't know our topic today, uh, a little later on in the episode, we're going to be talking about Train Spotting, Train Spotting 2. Just want to give you a little upfront uh, little That's information up. here. It does deal with some mature topics like uh, drug addiction, drug use, and uh, suicide and stuff like that. Um, so you've been warned. Mm-hmm. And ye have been warned that there will be spoilers. Yes. yes. Like, spoilers. Much, much of many. Two one movies of, worth of spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. One movie's uh, over 20 years old and the other is about two to three. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But first. I did not realize how recent that was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was last um, year, actually. Yeah. Oh. You have some biz. Little bit of a little bit of a little bit of business. Business. Porky folks. This episode is brought to you in part by our patrons, patrons over, over at Patreon. Patreon. One day I'm gonna like shadow it's gonna it to eventually a T. Just be her to a T. Yeah, like, like okay. and no one will even know that. You guys gonna spoken. sound like Vegito yeah. from? F- okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Without our patrons, this level of nerddom would not be possible as this much as we year. do it. Yeah. The second year, we wouldn't have made it through halfway through the first year. I would have killed yeah. somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom has killed somebody. Anyway, yeah. donate today to save a life. <laughs> <laughs> We played hide the body. It was weird. Yep. Uh, it was We've moved weird. past it. Yeah. I've hidden other things. So um, let's talk to our guest. Let's talk. Hello, to Bonnie. Hello, wifey. Hi, Bonnie. I know things, so but I don't. I'm not going to ask questions. Yeah. So, so but, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my goodness. Who you um, is? Who 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 am what I? Been, I'm trying to figure that out my whole life. Oh <laughs> man, that is actually the what right answer. My purpose. Yeah, I don't right know. Answer. I can tell you what I do. Okay. That, okay. Uh, let's start with that. Uh, for a living, I'm a writer, mm-hmm. a writer producer for, uh, the, right now the CW Television Network. I write well, and go produce. Pick up that name real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Drop this. I write, well, that's what I do. Yeah. I write and produce radio promos, and my delicious husband is wow. my, oh. my mixer delicious. editor. So, nice. so I think you just graduated from sweet baby Josh to, to delicious. 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 That's a T-shirt right there. He is. Yeah. He's delicious. This oh is my, my delicious gosh. husband. He's well, my mixer and my editor. Dynamic um, duo. Situation. Yeah, so we like create it. radio promos for you know Supergirl, uh, Flash, I Black Lightning, you know, all all the CW stuff. That's so cool. Um, Which is awesome. But I, you've worked for ABC, Disney, yeah, just about everybody, all the biggies. That's sort of the day job. That's not 
that's not like my passion, you right? Know, but it's a day job. But I also the, I also saw some awards in the hallway. I, that's my that's you, more you my passion. Yes, what's those the are passion? for. Um, I write a script every now and again. <laughs> um, for short, for feature TV. The one that you saw most of the awards for, or whatever, is um, a pilot, television mm-hmm. pilot for a series. That for I oh. thirty hour. Um, it's they're about 50, 50 something. It's an hour, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, it's a science fiction, a dystopian future kind of. I'm interested. Everyone sign your NDAs. It's never. It's never been. I'm not going to say what yeah. the uh, right the Premise, thing is the that that makes it. Um, it's kind of like The Walking Dead, but it's not a, a zombie. Thing, Are you into oh. like science fiction? I didn't know fantasy. that about myself. I yeah. didn't know I was a nerd. Yeah. Mm. And then I was taking a writing class where like, put all your favorite films on the on the wall on a post-it note. And they were all science fiction movies. That's and awesome. there you, go. Oh. you know, Blade Runner, all the, just all the. Brazil great, is her favorite movie. And that's kind of Ugh. fantasy science fiction. Not yeah. sort of We're going to have you back to talk about Brazil. That is my favorite movie <laughs> That is a time. conversation and a half. I heard it's quite beautiful this time of year. Yeah. yeah. Brazil. <laughs> but actually, it's funny enough, something like that happened to me uh, a few years back. It's how I found out that I actually like Brad Pitt as an actor. Uh-huh. Yeah. I went to visit some family friends in New York uh, when I was living there and they were like, bring some movies. And like they, I sat him down on the table. I was like, "We got tons of movies to watch." And they were like, "Wow, you like uh, Brad Pitt?" And I was like, "Oh, not, not particularly." You got Legends of the Fall. I brought, I brought Seven. I brought Fight Snatch. Club. I brought Fight Club, and I brought The Assassination of Jesse James. And I was like, well, wow. Wow. I guess I do like Brad." Pitt. I do kind of wish you never that know you until you quantify. And it's stuff. in front of you, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah it was like the whole thing, and then I had like. Amadeus over <laughs> something, you know, one, you know. Too many notes. Uh, too many notes. Too many notes. But anyway. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so I I keep winning awards for this wow. freaking thing that keeps almost being made. Must be nice. Oh. Like so it's been in, on the it's, precipice. It's, it's been in the hands of some peeps, some it's like been, it was major CBS high ups. Studios was going to make it. I have Jonathan Frakes is actually attached as my director. Ooh, shout out. Uh, yeah. Hey, Jonathan. <laughs> um, he was Lieutenant uh, Riker. And uh, Star Trek, Star Trek, yeah, number, number one. He wants to direct it. Mm, that's awesome. cool. And he's been attached to it this whole time, but it keeps getting passed around. Anyway, so I do that occasionally. I, I'll write something mm-hmm. when I get inspired. So, I mean, kind of talking a little bit about the topic uh, that we're here to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what brings you to Transpiring, or you know, like why? Well, why I, is this film the one that you wanted to, or these films the ones you want to talk about? Um. I just I've, I've watched them so many times and every time I watch them, I'm like, this is the best fucking film. You know, yeah. I, I'll see something new or I'll and I'm like, yes. And the music and the the images and the, the angst. The, oh, it's, it's so but, it, but it's funny because it's not it's a dark comedy. Oh, 100 percent. Right. Yeah. So it's like Corey's favorite. It is. Yeah. So um, and it's just I just think both of them together as a set mm-hmm. are are beautiful. And so I read I read the book when it came out. Mm-hmm. It's probably. I don't know. I think it was 86. 80 something, yeah. 86. And it's such a great book because you have to use the glossary because it's written oh. in Scottish slang. Wow. The, oh, wow. The, the, the voice that Spud uses when he's writing, mm-hmm. those are actual mm. pieces of the book. Mm. Yeah. So oh. okay. It's written like that. It's in, in T2, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you have, to, you have to go to the glossary to figure out what the hell they're talking about. But it Sorry, was, 93. It was first yeah. published. Oh, wow. 93. So... I read the book and then the movie came out and the movie was so, you know, when you read the book, it's never as good as the, the movie is never as good as the right. book. But. but this one, I was like, wow, this one is almost as good as the book. Mm. Yeah. Oh, obviously it's like a little truncated. Oh, right? absolutely. And yeah. some, of, some of the stuff that's in the second movie was in the first book. Mm, cool. um, but because there's two books too. 
but I don't know why it speaks to me. Maybe because I'm I'm my heritage is Scottish. Oh. And it's it's instinctually dark. Like, <laughs> maybe maybe it's like oh those are my peeps. <laughs> you know, I hear the accent. I'm like oh I love those guys. You start walking around with a Scottish accent after that. Oh, yeah, and what's funny is I would re- watch the first one because we were in Josh and I were in a uh, musical called Yo Ho Ho A Pirate's Christmas, and I played an unintelligible. <laughs> yeah, why haven't you told us about this? <laughs> I played an unintelligible oh, Scottish person. So okay. all, you couldn't understand what I was saying. Yeah. So to to get into it every year, I had to watch Trainspot. Did you just watch the Spud nice. scene during the interview? Or like, Begbie. <laughs> freaking Begbie. Oh, oh, Begbie. Very Gosh, hard to understand. Begbie. Begbie. And so just to get in the, the cadence and stuff. So that's another reason why I watched it so much. Cause, mm. cause, uh, and I stole words. I actually wrote mo- well, all the lines that I said in that play. <laughs> they're just like, say something unintelligible. So I wrote them. They mean things, but they're all in slang. Mm-hmm. And I would steal some words from Trainspotting and, you know. Oh, wow. Nothing like cunt because you know that's right. Uh, right, right, right. It was a family show. I feel like you can only be Scottish and say that word and get away with it. Yeah, I feel yeah. like because it doesn't mean like what it means to no. us. So no. it just no. you know. But what does it mean to them? It's just like saying a wanker. Yeah, yeah. But what's a? <laughs> it's like <laughs> what's I need a wanker? Glossary to a glossary. <laughs> right, right. So I, I, I can't really. There's really not a straight answer to why I love these films so much. It's just I could watch them over and over and over and. Yeah. And still love them, I guess. You also have done other voice 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 bits, over. right? Yeah, voice bits. Voice yeah, bits. I've been I've been aud- I'd Talking like to say things. I've been auditioning for voiceover for like thirty years. Oh, <laughs> you know, auditioning. I've been showing up to the audition. I can be seen <laughs> all through L.A. and now I can be seen sitting in front of my computer auditioning. Perfect. <laughs> That's where you can see me. Um, but I've done you know here and there. I've done some uh, some uh, video games like um, names I can pick up. XCOM. Oh wow! Oh, nice. I was Hell yeah. a bunch of soldiers, female soldiers. That's dope. Very good. You Starcraft. can kind of tell with this voice, right? <laughs> See, that's Starcraft. a big one for me. Starcraft, Starcraft Heart of the Swarm, mm-hmm. yeah. and I played a crazy. Is she in here? She's Zerg. Zerg. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that wrecked my voice. That was t- that was really tough to do that voice. Oh my god, that's awesome. I'm sure. Um, yeah, and uh, cats and dogs. Cats and dogs. I played puppies, kitties. Mm-hmm. Oh. You were in um, baby voices. Death Becomes Her. Yeah, I played Greta Garbo in that. Yeah, she played uh, Greta Garbo. It's really cool because she had like a photo shoot done of her all kind of dolled up as mm-hmm. Greta Garbo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah Never knew cool. I looked like her. I think like you her. posted that before, actually. Have I? Yeah. 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 Um, Was that when you guys were becoming best friends? Yeah. You guys started stalking Probably. each other's social best medias? Probably. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. I he, he I just went over one oh. night. That was it. <laughs> oh. There was no courtship. Oh. Wow. wow. Oh, is that TMI? Yes, is that TMI? No, it's J-E-I. T-M-I. It's just enough information. We're J-E-I. married now. It all turned out. Yeah, this is true. No. And we've been together for almost nine years now. Mm-hmm. Must nice. be nice. lovely dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah, must be nice. Tom's so jealous. He can't contain it. Very. Aw, he looks fine to me. (laughs) I I appreciate you guys letting me be the fun uncle to Luna. It means a lot. Yeah, we have babies. We have all those doggy babies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm I'm I do say nerd on for you guys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How do we not mention that? And the 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 spoiler alert. Uh Mm Uh-huh. She is, yeah. Nerd on. Oh, Oh, there it is. There it is. With a lot of reverb added to it. <laughs> right? You're in a tunnel. Yeah. Yes. So you've so. already heard her before this episode even started. Yes. You're, yeah, you already did. Technically, she's been on every episode. Yeah. She warned you about the spoiler. Right? Yeah. yeah I didn't realize true. that, but yes, I've been <laughs> on every episode. And now you are an episode. That's just great. <laughs> Full circle moment. Here yeah, we go. right? Now I, now I get to be in the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. I yeah. think with that, 
we can kind of go into the Guess history that behind it. Guess that grump. Guess okay. that grump. You're right. I always we give initial reactions <laughs> yes. that we're going to know who's we the grump. Always, it's always going to be Ali. We Anyways. always do it. <laughs> wow. Is it always Ali, Is Tom? It it's between him and I. We're going we're gonna to fight for the throne. Um, but okay, so guess that grump is a segment of our show where uh, if it's something that we can rate, um, such as two movies uh, on a scale of one to five, five being the highest, one being the lowest, or zeros, I guess. Um, and right now at this point, at this portion of the show, we're going to guess who is going to have the lowest rating, and then they're going to be the grump of the week. So with that, uh, I guess I go first with who I'm going to guess is the grump. It's going to be Ali. What? <laughs> It's going to be Ali. Okay. I guess that was quick. So Ali. Okay. And this is going to be, we're going to do, so each film will have their own rating. And I guess we'll kind of do the average okay. of them. Yeah. Okay. 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 I like Ollie. that. Me? Yeah. Hot potato. Um. Gosh, it's it's a hard hard one to pick. I'm going to go with Tom. <laughs> it honestly should just be. That's really hard. It's going to be Tom. <laughs> um. Just say Bonnie. Uh, it's never going to be me. <laughs> You can pick I me. say Tom. Oh, okay. Tom. It's gonna be Ali. Me. Okay. Yeah. Bonnie, you want to cast Bonnie, your vote? I think it's gonna be Tom. Oh, okay. Dang. So that's three to two. Three to two. Three okay. Two. So Tom mm-hmm. goes last. Yeah, I'm going last. Rating. And then you're going. Ali goes second last. All right. Uh, cool. So the book is set in the mid '80s, which mm-hmm. is where I got confused in Edinburgh, mm. uh, because at the time there was a a epidemic of opiates being used, so a heroin. Uh, surplus. This is in real world. This is real world. Yeah. At the time in the mid 80s, uh, there was a surplus of, of heroin that was being shipped over from Pakistan. And then there was an epidemic at the oh, time, wow. uh, which led to the uh, AIDS epidemic of the early 90s and stuff like that, which is what they face partially in, in uh, T1 a little bit. Um, and so Danny Boyle took this, this book uh, and that was adapted by the name real quick. John Hodge. Thank you, John Hodge. Screenplay writer. Uh, this is his second film. This is Danny Boyle's second film. Um, this is the second film with Ewan McGregor as well. Sophomore films. Yes. Mm. Um, and actually, funny enough, the movie after this, The Beach, that Danny mm-hmm. Boyle did, yeah. was the reason that him and Ewan McGregor didn't speak for like mm-hmm. 15 years. Oh. Yeah. He was passed over. Yeah. he was. Uh, Ewan had felt a little hurt because he had been in his first two films. Yeah, or three films or something like and that. And it was Leonardo wanted. DiCaprio. Yeah, so Leonardo they, DiCaprio they got, the, got the role. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't speak for 15, something like that, years. And finally Whoa. came together again and became mm-hmm. our very close friends now. Yeah. Uh, and did uh, Train Spotting too. Um, and it was always uh, Danny Boyle's idea to not do Train Spotting 2 right after. Because he was like, it wouldn't make sense for these characters. I want the characters to actually age in real time. Yeah. Uh, and so he said it 20 years after and 20 years later, they they made the movie with the same actors, which I thought was was cool that everyone came back together to do it. Um, yeah. Everyone had a great time on the first first film. Uh, and it was really at the time unknowns. Hmm. Everyone in that cast who are now huge stars, they all have their own shows and they all have their own films Things that their franchises on. they're carrying uh, at the time were, were nobody. Wow. Um, so I think that's that's the power of a good movie sometimes. Yeah. So with that. Brings us to our initial reactions. Mm-hmm. Who would like to start? How about Bonnie? Your initial reaction when you first watched it. The very first one, the both, first time. Both of them. Well, Let's like I said, I was okay. like, wow, that's almost as good as the book. Okay. So you it's, read the book and you knew of the book. Right? Yeah. Okay. And then the second one, um, we went to the... So it was only playing at like one theater here. It was weird oh, when really? it came out. That's yeah, it was at the Arclight. So we oh. take a trip to the Hollywood Arclight hmm. and 
we watched it and we I walked out and I remember going, that was a great fucking movie. <laughs> and to be a sequel mm-hmm. and to be I'm probably as good as the first one. I 20 thought. years later. 20 years later. I'd argue better. Could be better. Oh. It, you know what I mean? It, it, Bonnie's a grump. <laughs> <laughs> that was my initial reaction. I couldn't yeah. believe how good it was for mm-hmm. a sequel. That's a great second one. That's so yeah. far away from its original. Special. Yeah, that's so, you know, and that I still just enjoyed it just as much. It just brought yeah. so much, you know. I have a question. Hmm. So you read the book and mm-hmm. going it to watch the movie, were you like nervous about that? Well, I'm always skeptical, okay. you know, because I read The Shining and then I went and saw the film. The film's great, but it's not mm-hmm. ever going to be that book. No. You know, and it's the same. You could it's argue. an adaptation. Yeah, yeah. So you can't possibly have everything in it. But yeah, I, I always go in st- skeptically. Yeah. You know. that, that uh, who's next? Caitlin? Caitlin. We're going. Who? Initial reactions on this movie. Both. Um, on, that's right, both. <laughs> so, so just start with Train Spotting One. Yeah. Uh, Train Spotting One um, was very jarring, I will say. Um, I had. I, I didn't really understand what the actual topic of the movie was. Cause I was like, Oh, train spotting. What is this? And someone was like, ah, it's about like drugs and how it messes up your life. And I thought it was about selling drugs. Mm. I did not know it was taking drugs. Um, mm. and I have some personal history we'll get into later. Um, but I had like multiple breakdowns while watching this movie. Mm. Um, and afterwards I was very shooken up for several days. Um, and there's 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 like a happy ending for it, but yeah. it was still no, very you know, jarring. I think that is happy. I think any movie that's going to elicit a response yes. after you like that yeah. has got to be a great movie. Can't just be yeah. a movie. Yeah. No, it was it was a know, very good movie. Um, it must have it must have been true enough to to touch you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and yeah. I'll, I'll no no no. That's a beautiful point. Spot on. Yeah. Um, and I have a whole bunch of things yeah. to say about it, but I'll. The, my initial reaction was uh, uh, jarring but good, and then the second one. Um, I I really didn't know what to expect, so I I was like, oh, this is a good like interesting movie, um, but it didn't have the same kind of impact. Um, and and again, I'll get to that in a little mm-hmm. bit. So, Joshy Josh. Um. Yeah. So the delicious first one, husband. Delicious. My <laughs> delicious husband. Um. The first. Oh God. I'm gonna take a stab. That's gonna be on our apron. Okay. I'm gonna take a stab at it, Josh. I like the movie. Like I did like the movie. There we go. What was your first time, um, though? The first time Movies. that I saw Train Spotting was actually with my lovely wife. She, uh, she was like, have you ever seen this movie? And I was like, uh, no, sir, I have not. And sir. so we watched it, and I was immediately hooked. I just, I am of the mind that I love UK entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, British TV, British movies. They're just they're, they're an interesting vibe. thing. At the time that this was released, a, a majority, 98% of the market was period pieces. So mm, it was like funny? it was like not a a movie that was I mean they were for, kind of, for scene in the market. They were kind of right. coming off of the western phase too around that time frame mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So huh. period piece. Um so I immediately dug it. Um I will say that the so kind of on your vein of what you were talking about Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of it does elicit it does words. elicit some emotional responses if you are familiar with addiction mm-hmm. um, from personal or from watching. Um, so it is kind of one of those things that it's like it's kind of difficult to watch at some points. Um, the second one, as um, Bonnie said, we woke out, we walked out speechless because you you do go into a sequel of something that you love with kind of this. Don't ruin it. 
this, 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 <laughs> this, this mm-hmm. like, skepticism. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And again, it was only at one theater and it was, we call it a deal libre. It's a date day. We go out and we just go on an adventure and we, we went to the movie and we just walked out just speechless. And I think the first thing that we said to each other was, that was a great that fucking movie. That was really good. <laughs> like, that was really good. Because we like, see so many stinkers anymore. It's yeah. like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it, it was really like, wow. That was because I really didn't expect it. And it was just, it, for me, it was a continuation of the story. And that's what I wanted. Like, I. I and what, it's based on the yeah. second novel. Yeah. Well, not so much. Not uh, so lightly. Much. Yeah. Lightly. Yeah. A yeah. um, couple of things. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get into that. But that, that was like, oh, damn. initial reaction Uh, my initial reaction I saw the first one in high school and uh, wow like in the school no I was that age Uh, and um, PE was cancelled so we watched train spotting spotting. (laughs) oh my god no film is lit no 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 (laughs) roll in the media Uh, media cart but no, I, I had seen it when I when I was in high school. And it was at this time where I went through a period and watched a lot of like uh, kind of eccentric films, such as like Fear and Loathing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who was like, watch these. Uh, and I'm very grateful for him. Shout out to Corey, K-O-R-Y. Wow. Um, <laughs> so uh, I I was hooked on it. I mean, I was, at that time, I was already a fan of of Ewan McGregor's and uh, that style of, of, of filmmaking. Like I already loved Fight Club and dark comedies and stuff like that. So for me, with especially with the music mixed in with it, oh yeah, uh, I was hooked. I was hooked the first time and I've I've watched it multiple times ever since. And, and like Bonnie, I find something new that I love every time, even though it's something I've heard or seen before. Mm. It's just whatever point in my life I go, I relate to that now. Like like I, I really think that's that's a, a, a great thing that Danny Boyle's done with it. It's kind of timeless in that mm-hmm. sense. Uh, and then Train Spotting 2 which came out last year, I didn't get to see it in theaters. I was in the midst of planning my wedding at the time. It was four months out. Chaos was ensuing. Uh, and we got invited You're over to- You're saying reasons, but I'm hearing excuses. Uh, it is an excuse. <laughs> so, uh, the solution is. My, my buddy, uh, shout out to George, uh, he was like, let's have shout a movie George. night. We'll have you guys over. We went over to George and Elaine's place and we watched shout it. Shout Elaine. And they hadn't watched it either. And they were big fans of Train Spotting, And so it was this big moment where George and I were like sitting next to each other and we're like holding hands being like, okay- <laughs> Here we go. Hands. And as soon as the movie ended, George and I just both were silent for a minute and just went, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing we did. Yeah. That was great. Holy shit. That was amazing. And so, same I mean, I, 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 again, was like at the same moment, I was like, please don't ruin this for me. I love this it's movie so like much. It's almost like a sigh of relief where you go, oh, thank God. But there was, there was like so good. that, the little bits I, I had seen from the trailer had given me some, con- like that, that one, when he first sees uh, Sick Boy again, he said, what you been up to for 20 years? And I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's going to be fine. Um, and so, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, free. So for me, I also watched it very recently um, and I didn't know what I was, kind of like Kalen, both. I watched him back to back. Um but when I started for the first train spotting, I was like, I don't know what I'm getting into. I didn't even like, <laughs> like, like, what whoa. am I? Because no, train spotting doesn't really like. I'm in a toilet. Do the content justice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, or like, you know, it doesn't set up the expectation or whatever of what you're going to see. Um, and I went into it. I'm like, okay. Like, I was like, what am I? Like, okay. what? where do I care? Like, what is? And then there's like a scene halfway through the first one that hits you or at least it hit me. Like like a freight train. Yeah. And I was like, got it. Whoa. I get what this movie is about. And I'm in love. Mm. And, <laughs> oh, oh, wow. It was the, I fucking 180. 
it was a complete 180 from from the first part. It of was it. the poop scene. Because it was be yeah, <laughs> that poop scene. <laughs> that poop scene. Worst toilet in Scotland. Yeah. Since the we, concept. I was thinking of the sheets, but well, since we did spoiler oh, oh, warning, oh, 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 that's right, so Spud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since we did spoiler warning, it was the baby scene. Oh. Oh. Of course it was. Um, yeah. And I was like, now I, it was just that in that scene and like the like outcome from that. I was like, I completely understand what this movie's about. Um, it's not about heroin. Hmm. It's about these four guys and, yeah. and influencing each other. And, and we'll talk about that kind of stuff in a little bit. But that, uh, yeah, I completely love the first one, like through and through. And then I was like, I was going to take a break and play some video games for a while before watching the second one. And then I was like, well, let me just turn it on and just to kind of see. So I was like, oh, crap. Let's just and like see. in that moment, I noticed that it's 20 years later. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it's this next one's 20 years later. And then I turned it on and I didn't stop watching it. And oh. it was, mm-hmm. I loved it. Damn it. A lot. Yeah. Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> so I'm you guys wrong. Right. <laughs> yes. You are wrong. River pick me. Talk about, I'm talking oh, about no. more of why yeah. as uh, we go on. Grumpy time. So I know, right? Um, you know what's so funny? The first reference. The first reference I saw of this was in Family Guy. And it was when Stewie was thinking that the man in white is going to put him back in the womb. Mm-hmm. And he's afraid of the doctor. And then he has like a fever dream. And then he sees himself crawling on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what the hell does this come from? And uh, I never got it. I never, and then I was like, it's from, from train spotting. I was like, I don't know what the hell that is. I was a kid. And then finally college came around. And I watched this twice in college, train spotting one. And I watched it in film in humanities and then film in or history of world cinema. And it was like the world cinema portion was about like uh, European film. Mm-hmm. And then the film in, in humanities was kind of like talking about the subtext of human condition. And so yeah. I was like, I had to watch it for two different reasons. And I'm like, my God. I get it. Really cool That's though. hilarious that it's in, in schools and it's oh, being yeah. used it's as in like, textbooks. You can see why. It's it's wow. also in drug awareness ads and yeah. stuff like that. Wow. As well. Um, and I, I, and that was a weird thing is that I had to come to it with an academic purpose. I didn't mm-hmm. come to it on a leisure purpose. Right. And so with me, like watching the first one, it was very hard for me to even, and I don't want to alienate anybody, but like, I never had anyone close to like addiction or anything like that, or I've never been tempted or anything like that, or close to those kind of things. So there was, there was, there were parts of it where it kept me distance from it, but then there was never a time for me where I questioned the merit of the film and what the, the subtext it was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that it really did make me want to do is try to read the book. Mm. Um, yeah. But that just never mm. happened because I don't know how to read. No, I want to um, read Because <laughs> it's paper and you have to turn. Oh, oh, you can put it on the device. But where's the on button? Yeah, right. Where's the oh, audio? Right. Where's the audio voice is it? <laughs> Ewan McGregor. How do um, I change the pages? Yeah. Uh, but then the second one came out, you know, recently uh, by the time of this recording, which is 2017. And it was, I remember it blowing up my social media news feeds. Mm. And I was like, why is this? There's so much buzz and rave about this. I was the one of those. And I was like, <laughs> what? It's weird. Then, I did not hear a peep, but maybe I wasn't looking. But you kind of like live under a rock sometimes. I do. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely And right. the rock's called Destiny. <laughs> and you don't even know what Facebook is. <laughs> um, so I, I yeah. have like, uh, if you look right now, I probably have 150 notifications. Oh, it must Facebook. be nice. Mm. Oh, no. It must be very popular. No. Anyways, it's true. <laughs> no, it's he two logged years into worth. My fa- on the, his Facebook on my computer for something we were doing here. Yeah. And that night, I like, went home and I went to Facebook and I was like, how the hell do I have 199? Oh, it's not me. Got it. 199 <laughs> notifications. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I just remember seeing such huge, like, hysteria, fan craze, like love about it. And the cool thing I thought, the biggest thing was that, like, I knew from the very beginning, just from the marketing, that they were capturing the same vibe, that they were capturing the same spirit and and almost the same voice, you know, but the voice is 20 years older. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, uh, of 
very smart decision from the writing and the crew, everybody involved, that they all accepted that. And then the fans stayed loyal and was looking mm-hmm. towards that. Yeah. So it was very, it was a very emotional like five minutes of me finishing the first one, realizing the second one is set 20 years later, starting the second one and seeing all them faces yeah. 20 years later. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my God. And, and I think it actually was like the kids montage and stuff, yeah. which now it's like the first they're going first, for it, you yeah, know, the first scene, and, yeah. and you know, Danny Boyle said that in the interview where he's like, it was very intentional and all that stuff, but we'll talk yeah. about that later. Yeah. But yeah, um, I watched the second one and I will say this. I think the direction is better in this second one, but then there's not the same amount of like richness in some of the symbolism. Mm-hmm. And that is in the first one. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe I like I the direct, I like the directing. Of the of the second one better than I like the directing of the first one, but the first one has is much more rich to me. Hmm. Yeah. So well, it's more gritty too. They didn't have they it's had gritty, what, but also, one million yeah. something. No, everybody was getting what eight hundred pounds a week to act in that thing. I mean, they didn't. Well, yeah. Shot every Super scene one budget. time, but also I think like cinematography is better yeah. in the first. I mean, cinematography I liked it better. It was a little bit more controlled in the second one, but then the art direction and color color aspects were a lot better in the first one. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's so that's just, I'm just looking at it that way. Mm. But yeah, that's me. Um, and with cool. that. Great. Uh, brief synopsis for Razzins. It has to be brief. Two uh, movies. Wowzers. Uh, oh man. Who's got this? All right, I'll try. Bonnie, help me out. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll Oh, you I'll will try, help but... me out. Okay, do you I'll try. We, how about we do it as a team? Okay. As a nerd on fam. Start oh. us off though, Tom. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, it starts opening with the opening running montage of uh, Ewan McGregor who plays Mark Renton who's running from the police but also is jam-packed cut with a football game uh, where you get introduced to the game and there's Sick Boy, there's Spud, there's Tommy, and there's Begbie. And you kind of get an idea of each of their personalities with that. And Renton. Um, and That's, Renton is running away from yeah, the police. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty much talking about, I think immediately, like about like how smack can mess up your life. Well, yeah, the, well first the first opening line is is, is a is a play on an ad, yeah. an anti-drug ad from the yeah, 80s. Yeah, it's choose, and they're the mocking choose it. life yeah. um, monologue. So uh, it, it immediately sets you up with someone mocking the norms of society uh, because mm-hmm. they believe that it's all, you know, it's all hypocrisy in a yeah. sense. Um, we find the gang at this place called Mother Superiors, which is a person, Mother Superior, and they are taking uh, the drug is heroin. Yes, heroin. 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 Uh, I had to I forget what the drugs because they do Tom. speed and everything. Uh, I know, right? They're, they're doing heroin. <laughs> Finally, you're, you're kind of seeing the kind of the slum and the slums of like where they're living. It's like a wrecked, destroyed apartment and all that stuff. There's a baby crawling around everywhere. There's other, there's women there who play roles, but they're not the main cast that we saw yeah. in the opening. Essentially, uh, it's sequel. it's a juxtaposition that opening scene because. Yeah. What they're doing it and the way the they're middle. acting is terrible, but the voiceover and the way they're talking about it is uh, is all glorification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you start with Sick Boy talking a lot about Sean Connery movies and all that stuff. Um, and later on, you really follow Mark Renton throughout the film. And mm-hmm. Mark literally wakes up and says, I'm off the skag. I'm not going to do this anymore. Tells that to Mother Superior. Mother Superior laughs. And he's like, yeah, I've heard that before. And so there's Mark Renton. final Ren- hits and, and there's, then there's final, final hits. hits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes to get a, a get a last, shit ton of food and milk, magnesia, and all this stuff, so he can try to kick the habit, as well as suppositories, suppositories from, from the writer, the writer of the novel, mm-hmm. actually, yeah. which I found um, out recently. I forget the name of the at Mark Mark Forster, Mike Forster. That's so. the character. Yeah. Um, but then it's played by the actual writer of the book. Makes a lot of sense now. Um, <laughs> he puts, puts <laughs> suppositories up his butt. Um, but on the way home, he uh, realizes that the heroin's gone and he's no longer constipated because that's what it does, apparently. So he and so he goes to the worst toilet in Scotland God. and then uh, sh- shits his brains out. Uh, and then 
realizes the suppositories are in there. So he goes down there, swims, it finds <laughs> it. It's this uh, cross into the expressionistic side of film, which I loved. Um, and then he gets out. He's all wet, but he uh, starts the process of you know having to withdrawals with uh, to cleanse himself. Yeah, meets up with Sick Boy, and they are at a park, and they just start shooting the shit, kind of showing how Sick Boy is also quit. Sick Boy is also quitting. Mark, and also mm-hmm. actually shooting people. Yeah, they're with shooting a BB gun. BB yeah, guns. pellet gun. Um, what happens after that? Uh, uh, well, then they uh, uh, meet up with Spud, who's also I believe trying to quit, uh, and they all go out to a bar, volcano bar. Yeah. yeah, and everyone has their hookups, right? Begbie's got someone. Tommy's and got his girlfriend. Renton realizes that he doesn't have it, and with heroin, you lo- you lose your sex drive, and he realizes that's the one thing he needs now. Yeah, now he's got it back, and it's full force. So he yeah. meets this girl. They dance the night of the way. Everyone goes home and hooks up with somebody. Um, next day, they wake up, and everyone's having a different experience. Right? <laughs> so Mark wakes up, and great. he sits down with her, quote-unquote, what he thinks are his Flat girl's flatmates. flatmates. Uh, only to find out that she is 14 years old and had snuck into a club and uh, wants to start a relationship with him, which he's scared about because, of it's course, illegal. blackmails him into staying in the relationship. Yeah, blackmails him staying in the relationship. <laughs> Spud uh, shit the bed. Yeah, <laughs> literally, 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 uh, literally not tries, have sex. tries to sneak it out, and the the mom of his girlfriend at the time is way too nice and demands that she does the laundry, and they end up fighting over it, and it goes literally wow. everywhere, everywhere. Uh, everywhere. Um, ends up having a uh, a bad break with his uh, girlfriend because, because Mark stole Mark a sex tape stole of theirs. Their sex they tape, sex and they tape. were playing watching yeah. the sex tape while they were screwing. Yeah. Um, and so then, they all make a conscious decision to get back on heroin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they do full force. And uh, all the while, after his breakup, Tommy decides that he wants to try heroin as well. Um, and he goes through a, a sad story in the film where he actually ends up during the time, again, there was the AIDS epidemic. So he, he does, uh, contract AIDS through sharing a needle with someone. Uh, and by the end of the film, uh, and he was like the health nut. He was all. a health he nut. He was super, all, every, all the tapes he had were all sports highlights. Uh-huh. The first scene you see him in, he's playing soccer. The next one he's lifting weights. Yeah. So it was like, you know, and that, that's Mark is the one who sells it to him. And that weighs, weighs heavily on, mm-hmm. on Mark. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, after that sequence, they're at another bar and they're with Begbie and Begbie's kind of talking this smack and all this. <laughs> My favorite line in the series. So good. You say it. That lassie got, uh, that lassie got glass. No question about it. And no cunt leaves here till we find out what cunt did it. And yeah. the reason is, is cause he threw a glass over the balcony and hit some girl and she's bleeding all over her face. A fight ensues. They're all going, they all get arrested. And then Mark, um, ends up getting put on probation because he's already started to cleanse himself he's checked into a rehab yeah. place essentially uh, Spud gets the full Sentence. throttle of the law and shit and then they end up going to a bar to celebrate like hey Mark's not going to prison Spud's mom's there sad about it and then Begbie's uh, a dick about it Begbie's mm. a dick about it um, <laughs> it's pretty bad and, and Mark uh, Renton's not having it he's not he's not doing well so he ends up going back to the Mother Superior to get one more hit. Just one yep. more hit. Just one more hit. And, and he ODs. Yeah. And uh, Mother Superior has to drag his ass outside and then call the ambulance. And then No, he calls him a taxi. Taxi, calls him a taxi. Yeah. And then his parents pick him up from the hospital. He's in We his... did skip the baby part, by the way. I did. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, there is a scene before everyone gets arrested. It's uh, when they were getting Yeah, when they're back, back on heroin. heroin. Uh, they go so deep into it that... Um, the baby from the beginning, actually, no one checks on her and she passes away. And it turns out through all of this that it is most likely Sick, Sick Boy's, boys uh, baby, and, baby child. and they all essentially 
disperse. I mean, Mark's way of dealing with it is to take another hit. I'm going to cook and, up. Um, so fast forward, all the other stuff happens. Everyone's arrested. They all split up. No one's really seeing anybody. Mark goes through serious withdrawals with his parents. They put him yeah. on cold turkey. Lock cold turkey withdrawals. Yeah. Lock him. Uh-huh. And he starts Multiple hallucinating, locks. all that kind of stuff, and eventually comes out on the other side wanting to be better, gets a job at real estate, moves to London, uh, only to find out that, uh, and actually has that relationship with the girl, like correspondence and speaking and stuff like that. And they write letters and she writes him a letter saying, I saw your friend Bigby on the TV, uh, Franco. And then he hears a ring at his doorbell and Franco is there wanted for armed robbery, even though it's a replica and it's plastic mm-hmm. <laughs> silver. So it's all shit. So he's hiding out in Mark's apartment, destroying the place. Life is a living hell. Yeah. Ooh. So Mark's trying to work, but he's there. Uh, he tells him to bet some money on some ponies. They win big. They go out to celebrate. Uh, and then Sick Boy shows up. Uh, and starts living at Mark's for free as well. Sells mm-hmm. his TV. Poor Mark's not yeah, happy. They're the shitting on, on Mark. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. His friends are shitting on him. But he can't say anything because they're his mates, as he says. Um, so they all go to Tommy's funeral after he passes away. And while they're having a drink at the old place, uh, Sick Boy pitches him. Him, Spud. A skag deal. Uh, Franco. All pitch him a, a deal that he bought some drugs. And he wants to sell him for uh, for three times, four times the price that he bought him for. Going back and forth about it, going back and forth about it. And finally, uh, Ewan McGregor's character, Mark, agrees to do it. Uh, they Mainly meet up with- because his life falls apart yeah. back where he was. Yeah. So it, it means that he'll get them out. Yeah. And they're gone. Um, so they do the deal. They get the drugs. They meet with a guy. He talks him down from twenty five to sixteen thousand. Oh, that was twenty, right? It was twenty, twenty, 20 to sixteen, then sixteen. Okay, sorry, 16. twenty to twenty to sixteen means they each get four, four apiece. So the deal Spud goes, has joined the group now. The the deals go through, and they meet up at a bar. Uh, they're all celebrating. Everything's happy. Mark contemplates with Spud running out with the money while Sick Boy's uh, in the bathroom and Franco's getting beer, and then all hell breaks loose because Begby someone is- accidentally. Bumps Begbie. And Begbie and is an asshole who likes he, to fight people. He gets off. His drug is, is yeah, rage. Yeah, addicted to uh, And adrenaline and stuff. So he, he literally like smashes this guy almost to death. And while, then they all somehow get out of there scot-free because he's crazy and no one wants to challenge Franco. Touch that. And while everyone's asleep, Mark wakes up, uh, grabs the money, and as he's going out the door, looks down and notices that Spud's actually awake and can see this whole thing happening. And I, that's one of my favorite moments that I get goosebumps every time the he camera pans down to him. Yeah, Spud shakes his head no, and Mark goes, well, I'm going to go. Uh-huh. And he leaves the 2000 Four. in in, 4, in a locker, yeah. hoping that Spud it? gets it. And uh, 4, 000, as, yeah. as he walks, which he does. And he gets, uh, Begbie ends up freaking out knowing that the money's stolen. He destroys the hotel room that gets they're arrested. in. Everyone gets, yeah, he gets arrested, and everyone just kind of pieces out. Yeah, so uh, the, last, the last thing we see, besides Spud getting the 4000, is... Renton walking towards the camera. Now, a parallel with his beginning thing where he actually is choosing life. He mm-hmm. wants the fancy, he wants the car and the big fucking TV. The, yeah, the TV and everything. And he goes, I'm going to be just like you. And that's kind of where, where it ends. And then 20 mm-hmm. years later, T2 opens yep. with uh, Mark Renton, uh, now older, on a treadmill. What's his new addiction? Um, mm-hmm. Is running. Mm-hmm. He likes to run away and run from everything. It's symbolic. Um, but then he has his heart thing, and then a he heart attack. falls and hits himself, and then it's it's white noise for a little bit. 
At the same time, we're figuring out what happened to Begbie. He's still in prison, and he's just as angry as he always is. Yeah. And he blames angrier. he blames Mark for all Everything. of his problems. Everything. Spud is now um, losing another. He lost another job because he was daylight savings time. He was late for everything. Right, because it well because of his lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a it's his, as a as a junkie. You don't pay attention to daylight saving time. It doesn't matter um, because all the days blend together. Right, and then so, so Mark enter and and sick boy now is exploiting uh, extorting people, blackmailing people mm-hmm. by doing. Um, Videotaping them Snuff having films sex. with all that yeah. stuff, but mainly, yeah, he's partnered up with the Bulgarian beautiful woman that uses strap-ons and you has know, their, has their way. guys and yeah. extorts right. them. That's a way for to money. put it. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally. and now Mark Renton is uh, comes back to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Right? Edinburgh. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, uh, yeah. To be with his family, his mom's passed away since. Yeah, and we still don't know why. Other reasons why Mark, what, what's going on with Mark. With, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is kind of still following Mark, but we kind of figure out what happened to him in the last 20 years. We think he's just going home because he almost died. Because like, yeah. he had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, first person Mark visits is Spud. Spud is actually about to commit suicide. Or he uh, is committing suicide. He, he is, is committing mm-hmm. suicide. Um, he writes this one feral letter to uh, his, uh, his girlfriend. Girlfriend his, and his, his girlfriend son. Girlfriend and his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, Mark Renton saves his life, stops him, and they reconnect. Much to his behest. Yeah, reconnect. <laughs> uh, Spud says... You ruined my life. He's like, what do you mean I gave you $4,000? Like, I was a junkie. What do you think I was going to do with it? Yeah. And so there's more guilt on Renton. But and- they make up very quickly. And he says, yeah. don't go, go killing yourself. And he goes, not while my best mate's in town, of course. So they go out. And then eventually one thing leads to another. And uh, Mark finds himself in Sick Boy's bar. And they have a fight in yeah. which uh, Mark, a really big fight. And uh, Mark gets knocked out. They eventually come to start talking about their problems, stuff like that. They decide that they're going to be friends, uh, but then we cut to uh, Sick Boy talking to his girlfriend. He said, I'm going to take him for everything he's worth. I'm going to really make him hurt for everything he did to me back in the day. So now we know Sick Boy is asshole. S- still pissed. Still pissed. Begbie yeah. breaks still out of prison. Yep, Begbie pre- breaks out of prison. One thing leads to another. He finds Begbie finds Sick Boy. Sick Boy lies about Renton being in town. He says, yeah, I saw him in Edinburgh. Uh, because I, there's a few scenes leading up to that where Sick Boy and Renton start getting along. And I think Sick Boy, the more and more they hang out, the more and more they get into that, like, uh, I guess we're friends. Friends for real. And then then, uh, uh, Mark comes clean that he's getting a divorce. He doesn't have any kids, like he told Sick Boy and that kind of thing. And I think that is exactly what Sick Boy was looking for. So he doesn't want to take him for all his worth anymore. He's He's like, in Sen, instead, let's... uh, Let's be pals and do some some scams together. So they scam Make this like brothel. 1690 bar and like yeah, sick boy's whole thing is that he wants sauna. to buy a uh, he wants to build a sauna with his girlfriend, uh, where she's actually from a, a sauna, which is a brothel in the UK. Spud uh, begins construction of this place. Yeah, so Spud start, g- goes clean yeah. and mm-hmm. he starts uh, channeling all his energy into being the building manager of this uh, location that uh, Mark and Sick Boy and his girlfriend had bought to turn into their bar brothel kind of thing. While also going through withdrawals. Yeah. Renton starts actually having a relationship with uh, Sick, Sick Boy's, Boy's girlfriend, girlfriend because they're not really together, together. according to her. Uh, it's more in Sick Boy's head. Eventually... Franco, uh, who has tried to reunite with his family, take his son out on a few heists. His son wants to be a hotel manager, Mm -hmm. decides I'm going to leave forever. (laughs) I'm going to kill Mark. So they all meet at Sick Boy's uh, uh, crew, right, Uh, at his his bar. And he had taken Sick Boy's girlfriend's phone, texted them both to meet there, and is like, I'm going to kill you all. That's what's going to happen. So a fight ensues. Sick Boy gets knocked out pretty quick. Spud doesn't doesn't do anything, kind of falls to his knees. Chase. Spuds. Uh, chase happens. Uh, you find out that Mark and Franco actually met in in grade like school. preschool yeah. or grade mm. school, and right. he had been held back. And the teacher had said, 
Mark, why don't you sit next to Franco? He tries to appeal to this side of him. Doesn't work. Eventually, this chase happens in, in the half-constructed building, and Mark falls and starts hanging himself off of, of a well, wire. He, he gets caught. Yeah. A wire wraps around his neck. Yeah, and exactly. Just him, yeah. Um, and so Franco uh, goes to finish it, and Sick Boy actually saves Mark's life. With the Knocks him spray. out with the bludgeon. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, uh, the spray, pulls, pulls him off, boy. and then uh, Spud takes a toilet and smashes, and smashes Franco. Franco. Freaking toilet. Uh, and they put him in a trunk. trunk and drop him off at the police station. Um, and all the while, everyone else is is set to live their own lives. Uh, the girlfriend leaves, goes back home, and mm-hmm. she has taken a liking to Spud's stories. And well, Spud's here's the thing: she the, she, steals she steals all their money. The money that Takes they were the accepted. That they so, they yeah. got a loan for this building. Steals a hundred thousand dollars from them using Spud's ability to forge signatures. Mm-hmm. Gives him a cut and leaves the country so because you find thing. out that she actually has a family she was mm-hmm. trying to get back to this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, yeah. And then Mark Renton goes back to his house where he meets with his dad and his mother's passed away, but he finally has some closure with his, a connection Past. with his father mm-hmm. and finally goes to his room where he had that fever dream in the first movie and just starts playing music and has accepted who where his life is yeah. and what's has, what I has think to happen. There's just one little part yeah. that, that was Please. missing that's really important is when they actually start to do one hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Spud. Uh, and Spud doesn't. It's um, Renton and Sick, Sick Boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, <clears throat> Mark says, I don't know how you live with yourself when you were oh, so yeah. high you couldn't take care of your baby. You didn't even uh, notice. Yeah, she they had a breathing. fight yeah. at the uh, memorial for Tommy. And, and then, uh, you know, Sick yeah, Boy says. Because that's the solidification that it was his kid. Yeah, they, and then, um, you know. He says, well, Renton, you sold Tommy. Oh, it was the other way around. So first of all, they're out uh, trying to memorialize Tommy. Mm -hmm. Spud's out there doing his own thing. Sick Boy is like, this is bullshit. Like, his death is on your hands, that kind of thing. And so then Renton flips it. He's like, okay, well, if you're such high and mighty, you let your kid die. She would have been a woman by now. And so they immediately go home and um, use heroin. Yeah, yeah. So. Just because that um, sent them both over there. I, I think that was, you know, super really important. Yeah. important. They even kind of foreshadowed it in a way because they're like, oh, we're doing this. I wonder what other warm, fuzzy feelings we're going to bring up now mm-hmm. and like what other things we can relive. And it was yeah, everyone. So that was, yeah. that was uh, very poignant. Spud ends up reconnecting with his ex-girlfriend, showing the, the, the things he's been writing. And the last thing she says is? Uh, I think I have a title. And then Sick Boy goes back to his bar and starts mm-hmm. working there. Mm-hmm. And, and they have in- turned, they have... Um, Locked Begby in a trunk and yeah. set the car yeah, in front we, of the prison. Of the, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. That was as quick as we could do it, I think. There's yeah. a lot in those. There's a whole lot. There's a lot the, probably the we film skip. is very rich. Go it's watch not em. long, but it's yeah. very rich. Go watch them. Pause so it. a lot of stuff. After you listen to all that. Hopefully this wasn't your first time hearing <laughs> all the events that occur in those movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the way we've been saying it is also kind of like the way it plays out. Because to me, that was the one big thing that I noticed is that the editing in there is... It's cra- it's crazy good, but it's also like you're going at a million miles per hour. Now sometimes. we had a brief conversation about this. Uh, Danny Boyle being an auteur. Yes. Um, so uh, for those who don't know, auteur, um, it's when I went to school, they called it auteur theory, and it's a theory that there is one sole author of the piece of art or work that you're making. Um, and the why it's called a theory is because you know you work with a producer, you work with a screenwriter, you work with an editor. It should be a whole thing, a whole collaboration that everyone is a piece of the storytelling, but um, the auteur theory denotes that there is one person that's in control of everything. I am a believer of an auteur theory that there are people who do it, but I do believe that filmmakers do use collaboration, but some of them, I wouldn't call them auteurs at some points. It's not like it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just that there's a spectrum of filmmaking and storytelling. Like we talked about Wes Anderson as an auteur. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Danny Boyle falls into that category. Listen to that episode now. 
<laughs> uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, but yeah, so Danny Boyle as an auteur, um, you know, he's the writer, he, you know, he's the director of both these films. He did films such as like 28 Days Later, uh, some like Millionaire, uh, Steve Jobs. Am I missing any? I'm missing some. Shadow I mean, The Beach. 28 Days Later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the name of his first film right now. Is but it, it was Shallow with, Grave? Shallow Grave, yes. Yeah. And it's with Ewan McGregor and Christopher Eccleston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I mean, with that being said, like, to me, it's an adapt- adaptation. And But then also with Danny Boyle's, like, stamp. Like, there's a lot of things in there that kind of blend the surrealistic versus mm-hmm. the realism that yeah. is prevalent in Danny Boyle's films, which I think are are great ways to, t- to utilize the medium. Right now, we're in a place where we just expect narrative or fantasy, where it's, like, fiction or nonfiction. But then Danny Boyle allows you to kind of play within the mindscapes of people um, versus just purely, like, I think this and I feel that. And it's like, okay, well, he said it. Versus like now we get to see that he's inside the toilet, you know, like mm-hmm. things like that are like stuff like that. Um, and uh, I mean, it goes without saying, we'll do a little bit of uh, information as well. Um, the first movie, box office, 72 million, um, 1996. And the second one, 20 years later, 41.6 million. Now, hmm. different, different uh, box office scales, I would say. 20 mm-hmm. years difference, 20 years the uh, money has changed. But they yeah. are both were received with high critical acclaim. Yeah. Mm. And I think if you talk to, you know, the snobby film people that I associate myself with. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even like um, casual audiences as well as majority audience will say that both films are great in their right. Um, if they don't like it, they won't like both. If they love it, they love both. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they kind of go Makes part sense. and parcel with each other. So. Like um, any other, any books I, that we want to discuss? I think um, I think the second one. It was interesting watching it. Um, so, like right after the first one, um, it almost feels like like I think I liked the first one more, but I feel like the second one was a more important movie. Well, it's 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 meant to feel uh, a little slower as well. Like yeah. there's been some interviews where he's talked about you know these guys are are junkies twenty years later. They're not. Yeah. physical health and magically in any way. have lived um, but, um, and yeah. there's there's also uh, a, a big parallel that he talks about uh, in a couple interviews where he's talking about the use of freeze framing mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. the first one there are these long pauses where it's a magical moment for everybody or something remember it's something to remember for everybody like when Begbie throws the glass you pause there talk about it a little bit da, da, da. Yep. and he says in this film he uses it and they're you know after Lips serious drug use and stuff like that he's like their brains aren't functioning at their fullest capacity they've kind of like burned one too many brain cells yeah so they have these these small freezes on really mundane stuff mm-hmm. um, and they're supposed to be moments where they kind of mirror other ones from the first film yeah uh, but it's just a blip on their map now towards the end of their well there are some shots that are exactly the same oh yeah you absolutely know, like, but just the, the freeze frame specifically yeah or, or some the scenes like where you know Renton gets in front of a car mm-hmm. and he looks up at the driver and he laughs, and yeah. he laughs mm-hmm. the same exact or Spud thing. remembering the same kind of tracking shot of the toilet walking towards and, it. And yeah. he opens the first toilet is mm-hmm. kind of like Disgusting. the worst He's like, toilet <laughs> in Scotland. And now he wants to touch one. it. Yeah. Yeah. When he, dove he, choo- he chose the other toilet yep. this time. Um, the same angles they use like in the second one when Sick Boy and Renton like make off with their first deal and they're in the soccer field and it's raining. Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to their glory days of when they were playing football. Yeah. I think that some I, I heard a criticism that people thought it was just wrought with nostalgia. I kind of that's what I want. Well, that's part of the story. You know, yeah. and yeah, it is. It's is. all about nostalgia. And even yeah, even says you're the a there's a quote from the film that says you're 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 something well, with your nostalgia. They were, when they were doing um 
when they were going out to kind of memorialize Tommy, mm-hmm. yeah. Sick Boy's like, I, I don't feel it, Renton. Yeah. This yeah. is just you're, nostalgia. Yeah. It's like, just nostalgia. You're just you're you know, reminiscing yeah. about your own past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I I I think that's why it's so the second one's so yeah. satisfying. It's part of the because, point, though. You know, you it's it's sort of wrapped up. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. these loose ends. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's all the things that happened in the first one. I feel like kind of set the stage, and then like the second one, it just Answers. every scene means so much more, <laughs> right? And has so much more gravity to it mm-hmm. um, because of that, right? Like there's and, there's and, a difference between how this sequel like matches the same actions but with different contexts mm-hmm. versus The Hangover, where it's which the is the same movie same three movie. times. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, the third one's different. The third one's actually different. Oh, okay. Um, it's stupid though, and because um, <laughs> no one they don't oh. even get drunk. Um, and that, but I mean, with this one, yeah, there there's a lot of planet because what Danny Boyle really said, he's like he wants the film world to have grown twenty years as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, he wants people who have who watched it 20 years then to mm-hmm. have 20 years of life experience and bring in different baggage or different things to watch this film. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, yeah, you do get wrapped up like, oh, that's what they did before because the characters at that time are doing the right. same thing. So Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was wrought with nostalgia. I mean, yeah. I like that it was. I yeah. wanted It wasn't wanted a crutch is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think it was I think this it was little a goofy film that, you know, I, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, I remember it was yeah. juicy with nostalgia. Well, it's also that like, that ideal that people don't change that much. Right. Yeah. That's true. There's, there's certain things they say, move, like there's a scene where when he first decides to get off uh, smack in the first one he like rolls backwards and stands up yeah. and he does that again as soon as he wakes up on the pool table after sick boy yeah. knocks him out he rolls off the same exact mm-hmm. way I, I would I would critique that criticism of that of, of like you have to ask like yeah service levels yeah the same shots the same things same locations it's like but why yeah well, well, yeah, because there's, there's meaning. There's exactly. meaning they're visiting point. it 20 mm-hmm. years later mm-hmm. and how those uh, events affected their lives and that are per, like pushing through this narrative of the second film. Yeah. Right. So it's like you have to understand why they're doing it versus like, isn't this the same shit? Yeah. Because yeah. that's what you say yourself well, in like, Hangover it's, too. It's, it's essentially, I feel, I've always felt like the second film was like the first one, uh, there's all this chaos and they kind of run from everything and this is just them having to face everything they did in the first film in yeah. a sense. So you to, need that. It's like them having to turn around and actually look at what oh, they were running yeah, from. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of, and I don't know how many of you have seen it, is uh, Clerks 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is nope. is going back <laughs> um, to Clerks, which was such a, I think it was a very important movie. And yeah, it something was that I really Kevin Smith's career. Yeah, um, to Kevin Smith and to me and Clerks too. I feel like it was you could make the same arguments like, oh, it's just nostalgia. It's like no, but it's like there's a reason for it. The characters talk about it specifically. But have the characters grown? Are they right. doing different things? Or are they doing and the exact kind of same the, movie? No. That's right. It's different. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. I mean, digging into what the the movie is about and what they're talking about, it's like the the choose life thing is actually really, really important in terms of what they're talking about. Because now that they're realizing that they've gone 20 years and there's all this mundaneness, because that's, I mean, essentially choose life is just you're picking the normality of life, choosing the all these different things. And, and he has a scene in the restaurant where he explains it yeah. and um, updates it. Brilliantly yeah. updated. Choose yeah. Facebook, choose Instagram, yeah. choose all these things. That, yeah. Yeah. Choose your ex. Well, it's interesting because or whatever, you know, like the very beginning where it's like, like, why don't I choose life? Well, because like, imagine the best orgasm you've ever had times 20 or whatever. And you want and to it's get like, close to it. But that to me, like after, like after seeing that, Losing. that was her, him talking about heroin was an excuse. Uh-huh. Like to me, that wasn't why you were living or not living your no, life. No, because the, he the still way. is the same. 20 right. years later, he still has a huge void in his life. Well, yeah. even after like in the first one, after they stop taking heroin mm-hmm. and, and do the heist job and that whole thing happens, mm-hmm. 
And it's like, your problem is the people that you've chosen to hang yeah. out with. Yeah. yeah, You can't quit the people. It's not the substance. Yeah. It's the it's No, the and actually, there's a lot of illusions in the first one that the substance is just a, a backdrop. Yeah. So right. in the sense of like, he references his mom illegally taking prescription pills. Yeah. They have the whole scene with Begbie and Tommy where they're like, no way I put that shite in my body and he's <laughs> yeah. smoking and taking shots and has a beer <laughs> yeah. and fighting people. And it's like, the everyone has their their vices, yeah, poison, but yeah. it's the people you surround yourself with. You would say the movie's about a bunch of people who are addicted to heroin, but the subtext of the film is like the addiction is also runs deeper. Yeah, and, and I think mm-hmm. the point, at least what I got from the point of the book and the first movie especially, is that at the time, uh, and I talked with Caitlin a little bit about this, at that time, no one was treating junkies as, as humans. Mm. They yeah. were thinking of them as, like there's that scene in the first one where the, someone wrote Plague, on the front of Tommy's Tommy's. door, right? So at the time, with the AIDS epidemic and stuff like that, it was like, oh, keep away from me, junkie. And we have that same issue now with like homeless vets and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I think the importance of these films and and the book, uh, especially the first one, was to hold a mirror up to someone and be like, look, you're all addicts of different things. They're still human. You have to remember that. And I think they did a really good job. Yeah, Yeah. right. I mean, Tommy, even Tommy, he he was addicted. He was addicted to love. That's it's what I think. Girlfriend and yeah, he was exercise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exercise. So I mean, it's like every character has something. The great outdoors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the sec, I like the second one so much um, because it's such a, it is a wrap up, but it's also kind of an explanation of like, and it takes that, it takes that addiction and what it does in your life a little bit further. It is kind of like. I think I was talking to Caitlin about it where it's kind of like an aftermath movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what yeah. has happened. This is where we're at now. Consequences mm-hmm. to your actions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have Spud who's like just completely disconnected from the people that are important to him because he just, even to this day until recently, he was still doing drugs, still doing drugs. And yeah, I mean, it's a, you get to see the realization that Renton is having where it's like, okay, I chose this. I chose to run away. I chose this, but maybe I was actually missing something mm-hmm. this well, whole time. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's when Ali, you watch the, the, uh, both of them t- back to back. Yeah. And what you get from that is the last scene in the first one. He's, he's kind of running away. He's walking, mm-hmm. but he's running away and he's, and then you cut to the first scene of the next one and he's running on the treadmill mm-hmm. And, you know, that's pretty metaphorical. And it's right? interlaced yeah. with that first scene. And, he's and yeah, it's up, cutting back and forth. And um, so he's running and running, but he's not getting anywhere. Uh-huh. He's just running in place. Yeah. And then he has a heart attack. So it's like this new life that he chose, this new addiction. It almost kills him just like heroin. Heroin yeah. would have, yeah. So it's, there's no difference between where what he addiction. is, He you know. And so that's why I think he has to go back and to, for- to come to terms with his past and his friends. And, and for our delicious, I'll call them delicious uh-huh. listeners. Um, I mean, what I always say, someone looks in the mirror, it means something. When someone washes their face with water, it means something. Mm-hmm. Someone's running and they're not moving. Or yeah. on a treadmill or on a bike or on an elliptical. Mm-hmm. They're using motion on something that gives them zero locomotion. And no one helps him. No. Yeah, they all no, look. they're all just Nobody kind of standing there him. going, what? I mean, that's kind of like how the opening of uh, the first one is, right? With Tommy being bombarded by the entire football team and, and no, no one's one helps helping him. him. Mm-hmm. Except... And it's like now, now it's Renton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he's so far away from all his friends that no one can help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's cool. There's a lot of there symbology are, in here. Yeah. Symbology. Symbology. The, I was 
telling the delicious Josh that um, <laughs> even it's when Renton's in the um, the that glass, ba- I guess it's a bathroom maybe oh, that yeah, yeah. glass yeah. walls, and he's like boxed in, and Begbie's outside. Oh yeah, you know, trying to get to him, and he's literally having to look at himself, mm-hmm. face himself, face yeah. himself, and this whole room is just mirrors. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that well, was I mean, no mistake. It's, yeah, you and, know? <laughs> and he's talking about, and suddenly his life is flashing before him, right? And he's yeah. remembering. And I he's just remember. He's I, I just remember that, you know, that classroom. Da 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 da. So he's having to to, to reflect, yeah. literally. Um, Franco so don't give a shit. There's tons of stuff Franco like that in both of them. Don't care. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's so much of that in both of them. Oh yeah, yeah. And and there's a lot of reflection. I think for two Self. of us, it's seeming like. Yeah. Uh, three, three of us. I don't, I don't know. How I just many. reflected long ago. Oh, That's okay. All. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um, I, Me and Ollie I will think be here. <laughs> it, since it's such a like a general but also specific theme, um, I think a lot of us can be very easily affected by the this topic. Mm-hmm. And as I said in the beginning, I had multiple breakdowns while watching this. Tom and Corey probably didn't know I was watching it with them. Um, but, but we saw it after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Afterwards, <laughs> I was like. Well, the seal's broken. <laughs> yep, seal's broken. Water is going to go everywhere now. Out um, of her eyes. With my eyes, yes. Um, Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. So when this when this movie opened, um, I knew I was in so much trouble. Yeah? Um, yeah, the moment, I mean, it opened with, um, like, the soccer game and... Running. And the running, and um, then it went into the Mother Superior yeah. area, and I was like... Oh no! I really misunderstood what this movie was about. <laughs> I made a huge like, mistake. I really, no. Today we learned the importance of research. Yes, this movie was a big oh, lesson. Man, did we ever? Well, and Galen's gonna so, come with papers next that, time. I researched oh, our next project. <laughs> yeah, my thesis. Uh, so about the wiki. I, I like going into movies blind. Um, like I did this with uh, the room mm. as well. Uh. I had no idea what that movie was about when I went to watch it. And it it amplified the movie experience mm. times a thousand because you're going in hundred percent blind. Um, and this, I was like, ah, oh, it's about drugs and whatever. Um, but I didn't know how Deep. weirdly oh. specifically tied I would be to this. Um, in my first year of college, I had a friend OD on heroin and they didn't make it. And, mm. um, it was very jarring Cause like I knew I had a lot of other friends that were on some very hard drugs around that time. Cause I, I knew these people when I was in high school, like when I was 16, I knew these people. You mm-hmm. kind of saw it happening. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I saw the descent for this person specifically. Um, they were like messaging me and I could tell that they were surrounded by these really terrible people that were, really were like the characters in this movie. I have met them. I know them yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and, it, and so um, seeing the OD, seeing, um, you know, the dynamic, cause they, the, this person kept getting, uh, put on house arrest and arrested and they would be confined to home. And when you're bored as fuck, mm-hmm. you're gonna go back to the things that make life seem more interesting. So this film had a very visceral reaction for you. Super, super visceral. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, having to basically having to relive all those memories. And also you, you feel like, they all have their own specific weights mm-hmm. with like what they carried with them. And, you know, this is my take on um, the situation that happened. But this guy was and I, I was very young at the time, but he was like, I'll I can get clean if I move into your place. Like when you get your own place, mm. I'll move in. I'll do whatever. I'll pay rent. I, I know I just I couldn't bring that into our home. 
And uh, so it it was, I got my own apartment finally in December and in February he OD'd. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table with his dad and he opened his wallet and he had my senior picture as the first picture in his wallet. And I took on the weight that somehow I didn't do enough. Yeah. Uh, like kind of like survivor's remorse. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it's kind of like I survived this and it could have done something more. Exactly. And I, I that So all of those themes were in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, now after now I know the initial reaction was was very visceral, but like reflecting on it after a few couple days. Well, even even the same day, because Corey, Corey texted me after the fact was like, hey, here's my ideas about <laughs> the so, thing I did too. So it, it was a great movie. We had a good discussion. You cried in the bathroom for a long time. Are you okay? <laughs> um and and I think even that night, because uh, when I was driving on the way home, it it made me despite being so upset, it made me realize the importance of like film and art and being able to communicate your, your story. It's true. It <laughs> mm-hmm. really is true. Like I, I don't know how I could sum up all the things that happened. Um, it, it's a device be to, that you need to take care with. Yeah. Right. Film right. It's a device you need to take care with. Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's like, I'm almost wow. on the bottom wow. of my list wow. of other people who have did that. Um, but, but no, I mean, coming out of that movie actually made me feel more uh, more alive and mm-hmm. more more care for my friends and you know it gives you kind of that new perspective of like oh well yeah this did happen and closure has happened since then right. even though it's like still an emotional thing well i find that like it's like film and art to to a greater extent is is at its best when you can so greatly relate with the specific right. yeah events yeah. that are happening i mean you relate to its truth i you're like i'm not alone i'm a human because there's other I humans mean, that's that's essentially what music is too i mean mm-hmm. like yep. any art form but like just relating to what i'm familiar with is like there was no as a musician there was no greater feeling of of writing a song and seeing people sing with you because you're like oh shit they feel or that messages too. of like this is my yeah. song and you're like yeah the validation yeah. i i oh. i'm gonna bring in some entourage in here and there's a character who's like i don't call them movies I make films, right? And you so, said that so many times. I love it. Um, <laughs> and I, I call it, this is, this is to me, this is the difference between movie and film. Yeah. Movie yeah. is something I could just turn off my brain, Michael watch Bay. and enjoy it. But film mm-hmm. is film. Film is Still like. Still on that, huh? Just tonight, yeah. It, it's, okay. To me, it's, it's so big. Forgive it's bigger Michael than Bay. what it is. It's, it's Forgiven. less than 100 years old. And we're still trying to figure out what extent does it use. You yeah. know, like for, we're, for, we're changing how the Academy Awards are going and all that stuff. And something that was brought up in school when I was watching it is called the sociopolitical economic discussions. Right. And you have to have all your films discuss those things. If your film doesn't do it, then it might as well. It's a like, movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> those are good too. Um, but I, I mean, there has to be some kind of commentary. And we've talked mm. about how like some pieces of films are like time capsules of their time. And I think those are important. Because if your film kind of doesn't stamp itself anywhere, even if it's a period piece or even if it's in present time, if it's a period piece and can still talk about problems that happened that happened now, like you're doing your job. Because mm-hmm. yep. art and business, it's tough. It's tough yeah. to mix both. But this film beautifully does. Well, it. I think mm. Danny Boyle. I think everything kind of it's like lightning in a bottle. Like so, like the thing about this film is it does seem timeless. Like it doesn't. It'll be a really, classic. It mm-hmm. doesn't. It the only thing that really gives away. When it was made is maybe the music, but even in time, that'll just be like a but choice. But some of the music is no, included music in the is, second one too. Yeah, the same yeah, music. That's what I mean. But that's what yeah. I mean. Like at, at some point, it just becomes it's it more becomes a... timeless. Because none of their none of their there's a lot of films from the '90s where you look back 
and you're just like, people wore that? Yeah. People did these things? <laughs> Cell phones were this big? Like, <laughs> they don't have any of that in this film. The and, second and, one, they have technology. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But the, I mean, specifically, the first, yeah, the first one is just one. like a, a, it's less of a time capsule. It is at the same time. But their costumes, all that kind of stuff seems very like you could watch this at any time. Well, and well still just relate. the piece right. of information that you gave me about how the times were mm -hmm. informs me. They they go part and parcel. The informs the time. The film informs the time, and the time informs the film. Mm -hmm. And so you have that piece of context. It's kind of like I want this piece of steak on this Ritz cracker, but the cracker saltiness is going to help the savoriness of the steak. Yeah, you know, they're going to help each other at the same time. Um, but also like the film is kind of representation of how kind of critically looked upon films were at the time. Because like I said, like it reminds me so much of Clockwork Orange, and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. and I remember that the fucking volcano room is. I was going to say there are so the many, yeah. there are tons of references to Clockwork Orange. Yeah, and the aesthetic of how it's shot just mm -hmm. gives me like, God, this looks like Clockwork Orange, and I don't know why. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I actually had to like take a second, reflect, and look upon it. I'm like, and watch it multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, I watched both films like three times to prepare yeah. for, mm -hmm. for this. I'm Same. like, am I missing something or not? Oh, no, because I watched it four with you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. I, yeah. Well, the timeline is a little funky because the books are definitely 80s. Yeah. Um, the films aren't specifically, but I read something about the new one. They were using apps that were invented in 2016. Yeah. Oh. So if Filters it was 20 years before that, yep. then it was in the 90s. Yep. Um, so that's the only like t it's like stamping of mm -hmm. actual time. It's so uh, minute. But it's very, it's very vague. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of vague. But you almost don't even care. You don't care. You're no. Like, you're, 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 what you're interested in is these people. Well, the cool thing is that, like he says, it. you know, choose Facebook or choose Instagram. Uh -huh. Even if whatever we have the you new spy, whatever, whatever, spew your bile. On yeah, whatever we have, it'll be the same language. Yeah, yeah. he could have said uh -huh. MySpace, and then the film could have been released in 2006, uh -huh. and yeah. we still would have gotten the same context now. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a cool thing. Um, can I move us along to uh, favorite parts and characters? We can. Yeah. How do you guys? How does everyone feel about that? Sure. Very good. Yeah. Sure. You something you want to say? That's fine with me. I guess cool. you're gonna start us off. Josh had mentioned though that you had some kind of connection with with this and yeah, with addiction I mean, and whatnot as well. I mean, that's it's. I think we you know, Josh and I just come from families of addiction. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so it's 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 one of those things that it's. What I like about this this these movies is that. Yes, it's a jaunty romp through addiction, mm -hmm. but I think that sometimes people nice elevator pitch. try to simplify addiction, mm. and they try to say it's this or that, and it's black and white, but it's not. And that's the point of the film. Mm -hmm. And that's the point of the film, is that yeah. it's it's much, oh, you can quit anytime you, uh, <laughs> here's the deal. Yeah. You know, and so it's one of those things that, yeah, you can, we can get into a discussion about willpower and all this kind of stuff, but what I like about this movie is I feel like it sums up addiction yeah mm -hmm. it, it, it really shows you the inside and the person the person behind addiction and, and it, the, mean, the feeling of it and the, the i mean the hypocrisy as well is is like with the mom telling him you're going to get clean all the while she's taking prescription drugs uh -huh. that yeah. are illegal is is just like a another step in the like well hey yeah take a look at yourself first real quick yeah and i Can like you stop that yeah, I liked it when you know in the first one they had to do the skag deal and then like Renton you know has to fucking you know test out if the product mm -hmm. is good, and you know he doesn't go off the bandwagon and just like all no. start using all over again. But even in the second one where Sick Boy and him have to use it, they don't go back and they it. don't go back to it. But then Spud is like tearing himself apart because he's watching yeah. what yeah. he wants and he's like 
Well, Sick Boy's got cocaine now. Yeah. 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 He's right. cocaine. He's they each have their things. Ren, yeah. Ren yeah. has running, Sick Boy has cocaine, yeah. and Spud has his stories. And construction. Mm-hmm. I'd say both. Yeah. Part and person. Um, and Begbie still has fighting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Begbie has revenge. Revenge. So, Corey, what are your favorite parts and characters? Oh, gosh. I'll try not to take a lot of time. I will name a few and then I'll spurt some out later. Well, I, I already feel said like one it's of my. It's going to be a lot of spurting out favorite parts. Yeah. It's going to be the same for a lot of it. I, I mean, I said one of my favorite lines in the series comes yeah. from Begbie. Um, but, I mean, the whole. As disgusting as it is, the, 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 the toilet scene has uh, always been something yeah. that. <laughs> Which yeah, and Corey, you know, yeah. behind the scenes, yeah, the, it was a toilet that was cut in half, and yep. they just made a little shoot, a poopy shoot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he slid down. Uh, like and it was fight. chocolate. He's, it was all chocolate. Apparently, chocolate. it smelled divine. It smelled wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but so I, glad, I always liked. I always <laughs> liked that scene because it's a, it's a, it's again, it's a parallel between a, a, a who you are and a junkie, right? So like anyone else would have been like, well, I lost those. But to Renton, that is literally the symbolism of the rest of his life. Fucking godsend. Yeah, it's literally the beginning of the rest of his life. So he will do anything to go get it. Um, and that that whole scene, it's just that that's where the movie, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this isn't going to be a normal film. It's going to be a little surreal. We're going to take some dives, deep cerebral Which stuff. Which I normally happen. don't like. I do. Like I with it. like stuff like Big Fish and stuff like that. I, I normally don't like those, but then this played off really it well. It depends mm-hmm. on how it's executed for yeah. me. I love Big Fish, for example. Uh, but uh, for this, this, this worked. This worked really well. I like well, that. That's kind of one of the scenes where it first starts going into that surrealism. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's just kind of realistic, realistic, and then, oh, yeah, this is a different movie than I thought it was. Uh-huh. I was no joke. I was, um, I was gonna maybe like skip that scene or skip ahead. Yeah, I couldn't. I was starting to not be able to handle it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, then it got into the. Surreal. And then he just like do his whole body went through it. I'm like, like, oh wait, oh okay. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you did that's rot with symbolism, baptism, all yep. that yeah. other stuff. Um, it's there's there's so much to unpack with these films. Uh, I'd say that's one of my favorite. I'll, we'll go around. I don't want to take any anybody else's. Uh, so I'll just do one from each. That's probably one of my favorite scenes from that. Uh, and then in the second film, I'd have to say. Well, that's tough because I like I like that whole film as a whole. Um, if I had to pick one specific one, maybe when uh, Renton first comes back to see Sick Boy for the first time, that whole scene is <laughs> yeah. is hilarious to me because they're having this like civil discussion, and then Sick Boy just. Hits him with a fucking pull cue. <laughs> and they're just like, I mean, like I grew up around, you know, uh, Dustin and Mikey, two brothers who the way they fought was very reminiscent of what they're doing, <laughs> like running around things and throwing shit at each other. And it looked like two brothers fighting to mm, me. Mm. Um, and so I I really, that whole scene, I think I giggle through, even mm. though they're trying to kill each other at one point. But they but don't. it is funny. It is. It's. I mean, the fact that the guy is just sitting at the bar and is just covering his drinks <laughs> like, so that no glass, glass gets in this. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're, they're like five years old again. Or the scene where they're both on coke and trying to explain to her about football. And, oh, my God. <laughs> that was pretty great. And then she starts speaking Bulgarian and they're going, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She goes, yeah. why don't you just make love to each other right now? Yeah. Why don't you just, and, yeah. Uh-huh. Ollie, Ollie, mm-hmm. Oxenfree? Uh, the, for the first movie... Um, I guess favorite is favorite have to be a positive scene. No, yeah. no, 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 not at all. Because to me, it's your w- favorite part. To me, it was the baby scene, like um, the crawling on the wall, or when you no, realize the when you realize it's dead. dead. But 
it wasn't that. It was the aftermath. It was like seeing how up. they all reacted to it and yeah. seeing Sick Boy cry. And see, and like I thought it was really interesting that Sick Boy's response is to fucking say something, Mark. Yeah, and you're like, Cooking whoa. Up. Yeah, because um, that was the turning point for me with with the movie. Um, so that was the first one I would say, other than the other than the tossing of the glass over the shoulder. That, that line that is line so... I mean, that's the reason so they brought good. it back in the second film. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so good. Um, glass, glass, no two ways about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just like the initial scream. You're yeah. like, oh God. Yeah, like, no, and then he just flips the knife and slams it on the table. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, here we go. Oh, shit. Um, um, I don't know if you noticed this, future foe. Yeah. The kid was playing Destiny at the end of the movie. When was they were, he? When uh, they were, I was when thinking... They were talking. I was, I thought I saw it and he was playing Destiny. And I was gonna like back, I was gonna rewind it to make sure, but I was like, no, it wouldn't be Destiny. I saw it and I was like, I know that overlay. That's yeah. I I was like, those colors, that's red and purple. That's that's fucking Destiny. Yeah. Um, Um, You mentioned there was a scene you rewound a bunch. Yes. Uh, and that's I hope my, it's not the baby scene. No, he's, it's in the second film. I, think. <laughs> I gotta get more of that <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. pain and misery. Right? Oh god, it was second scene. second yeah. one, and it was just them, um, just them sitting like at the couch, and he, and and it was uh, sick boy and um and Mark, and they were just like chit chatting, and he's like, yeah, she left because she said it was messy or something. It's not messy. And, and he's like, it's not messy. Is it? He's like, no, it's masculine. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of my favorite lines, or actually my favorite line in, in that no, second one. And I, masculine. it made me masculine. laugh so much. I went back and like, that whole conversation was just, I feel like it was like very well, off the, the cuff. Part, very their, like, their guards are down at that Yeah, point. the guards are down. It was, very, it, was, it was a really cool, uh, I, I dug that scene a lot. And seeing him bleach his roots. It is bleach <laughs> With his a roots. toothbrush. The next yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie, you just became more dude in my mind. I was, masculine. It's like, I, I was like, how Ollie's room looks. Like I look now. around my room and I see like clothes like <laughs> on the chair. And I'm like, it is masculine. Oh, Thank you. Oh, no. JK. Um, for but me, it's a clean room. Can I also say that? The, <laughs> Are you going to use my favorite hygiene. part? I don't know. Please. Well, okay. I have one. I want to say, go ahead. Let's go through the room. Um, for the first film, um, one of my favorite parts, I think. It's probably the, I don't know, I really, really enjoyed the moment where Spud and Tommy are talking about not having sex. And mm-hmm. then the girls in the bathroom are talking about shopping. Uh, yeah, shopping. shopping. <laughs> and then they both have, like, what are you talking about? Football. What are you talking about? Shopping. shopping. I really like that. I don't know why. It was just a really funny, like, informed conversation of intercutting, like, good editing. Mm-hmm. How they're talking about the same thing, but from different, from points, different of view. points of view. Um, and, I mean, Obviously, there there's some parts that I think other people will have, but I'll just pick, pick that one as a really good one. And then I think in the second one, my favorite moment was actually when Spud was committing suicide, and mm. Renton yeah. went to go save him, and he catches and him. he that catches him. Oh yeah, uh, Spud on the roof and he yeah. falls backwards. They use and he the metaphor him. of a different method. It's of so good, and mm-hmm. it's the, it's the cut on action, so it feels really like it feels <sighs> very like. Like you, you're rewarded for yeah. for watching yeah. it, it's and visceral. so it's good. It's and re- then it's they really hit good. you with a puke in a bag. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's disgusting yeah. puke. And I'm like, around. oh god! And then when he goes up, and just like oh, the ton of it just comes out of his back. Yeah, I'm just like, huh. the, uh, the other piece of symbolism that I really liked was symbology. Symbology was when he was overdosing, and like he falls back, but then the floor keeps sinking. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was really neat. And that oh, kind of like when one? they were. Tearing the bag off of his no. face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought you were talking one. about the first one when he's like literally going into his first grave. one. When yeah. Yeah. Over, yeah, and yeah. then when they're ta- ta- he's tearing the bag off of his face. That's mm-hmm. kind of like he's being birthed. birthed. Yeah, it mm-hmm. sort of looks like. Mm-hmm. I agree with that one hundred percent. New life. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't your favorite life. part. 
Okay. Well, it might be Bonnie's. So, oh, oh. Yeah. I, I, think, I have one more from each. Um, maybe it's not my most favorite scenes, but they're the ones that stuck in my head and I couldn't get rid of them. Yeah. Like images, uh, like the baby fucking crawling on the ceiling mm-hmm. and him screaming ah! like that. The, the, the baby dying, um, yeah. Renton overdosing and from the first movie and falling through the floor. Yep. And he gets sucked through the floor and With then the carpet goes you start mm-hmm. hearing that song. You know, it's a perfect day. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 and this beautiful kind of calm song. Um, so, you know, the the bathroom, the poop, the stuff that you're like, oh, God, I'll never forget that. Yep. I will never forget the flinging poop and the everybody's <laughs> and the eating like breakfast. a full English or a full Scottish yeah. breakfast. Yeah. There's lots of beans. It's just it's hideous. Yeah. And, and he glorious. can't even look at it. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh, God. But um, and but the second movie, bar none, my very favorite part of it is the very last scene. Damn it. <laughs> Where he is finally yeah. able to oh, put oh. Iggy Pop on because yep. he's finally able to go back there because he couldn't do it he before. He freaked out in the first one, yeah. Put that song on and then you intercut him ODing on heroin, bending backwards and just bending backwards dancing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up dancing to this song just joyously. It's and the then Would you say it's the room. two parts of his life basically finally yeah. coming together? Finally coming together. He's finally accepting it. And then that amazing pullout yeah. This this that to real, infinity. That real room that they yeah. made. Yeah, to <laughs> infinity. Um, and it just makes every time I see it, I just oh, I want to cry for some reason. Yeah. Because oh, it's yeah. so like the the visuals, the music. I think the, I might have the first time I watched yeah, it. Yeah, it just is so juicy and wraps it up and you're like, oh, it's so satisfying. You know, Ewan's got that dance down. Yeah. You know, in, in, a, in an interesting way, both films wibble. have a really good way of getting you really low mm-hmm. and then really high at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you feel yeah. like really good kind of have going like through. Drugs. Drugs. Yeah, um, exactly. you feel really good. Yeah, have gone through that experience of watching it at the end. You're like, oh my god! Like you feel like you've gone through the emotional ro- roller coaster, and then you're kind of at a good closure point uh-huh. at, at the end of both of them. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just that that every time I see it, I'm just like, <gasps> anyway. Yeah, Karen. Um, boy, it's really hard to pick like a favorite part for this. Um, mainly because. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, okay, I have to think about this and how I can talk about it. Huh. But then I was like immediately snapping back to other memories yeah. and being so like, oh my God, this relates to this. Oh my God, this relates to that. So I don't know if I have favorite parts per se. Um, if I had to choose one, it might be uh, Sick Boy and Renton when they're like shooting the shit the and park. shooting dogs yeah. <laughs> with yeah. like pelicans. <laughs> You're a fucking wicked shot. Yeah. No. Well, that that sort of thing is is um like bonding through wicked behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemed that was to me the most fitting descriptor. Like, yeah, the bar fights and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but those don't don't feel as like grounded as much because yeah. someone would get arrested or something like that. So those seemed a little more fantastical. But like, just shooting people and running away, basically. Uh, I've seen that kind of stuff happen like within that friend group I was in like I watched them be like I hate that guy I'm gonna go punch him in the face hmm. and then they do yeah. and then they come back and they're like all right time to go and it's like ah Franco Franco all day yeah but yeah. also remember in like 95 there was no iPhones there's no cell phones to call the police right. no cameras so, so your phone was I outside they, I think that's how Franco got away in that last one is no one that makes sense no one wanted to call. deal with it yeah because yeah. he lives in the town and there's only so many people Probably. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Edinburgh is pretty big. Oh, Favorite part yeah. for the second one? 
Um, I don't know why, but the image of Franco bursting through that mirror thing, like, here's Johnny. Yes, here's Johnny. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know why, but that, like, uh, favorite parts in the second movie are probably just, like, Franco being fucking insane. Yeah. Franco being Franco? <laughs> Franco being Franco. Getting shanked through. Like, the full the Monty. Yeah. <laughs> getting getting Once completely stabbed yeah. through the side <laughs> and like, oh, God, doing all the research and being level. like, oh, you, do you want me to stab you, you again? Up. No, 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 it's enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just like insanity of that character. When he heard Spud stories. Me. Like, oh, when uh, he when loves he's like, Spud stories. Yeah, and he's like hearing what he did. And <laughs> he's, he's like, like, I'm a oh, hero. Yeah, that's, that's fucking good. Yeah. yeah. And he like this goes and like, tries uh, to find another one. Yeah. This is like him hearing like he fan fiction. He's yeah. like, I'm not wearing hockey pants. Oh, oh my oh. God. He had to slip it in there somewhere. I did. Uh, Thanks, like, Franco. That's not the line. <laughs> <laughs> Josh? Um, well, my amazing wife. You can have the same took thing. My fa- took my favorite, favorite one. So you oh, can still end. take it. The 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 very end of Train Spotting Two just it hits me, mm-hmm. hits me right in the gut. Um, right in the a letter. lot of my favorite moments are from the second one. The I love when they're explaining football to her. I love I love his new version mm-hmm. of Choose I, Life. That was like yeah. my second. I just and it's like twice as long as the the first yeah. one. Um, because it's there so is, true. it is so well, there's true. so much more, you know, context uh, to it now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. trivial crap that yeah. we do now. Yeah. And anyway, I mean, it's Very also, true. I think it's also the symbolism of like the shit that's built up inside of him for 20 years mm, is finally yeah. like catharsis yeah. of like, because he's like, I mm-hmm. did choose life and, it and this me. is what I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Amen. the music, the, the, the music yeah. that plays yeah. such a pivotal part about this movie and the, I mean, the, Iggy Pop song Lust mm-hmm. for Life is mm-hmm. like the song for both these movies. And it's just like, it is the, it's just, it's the theme. I mean, it's just, it's pretty wild. Like when you listen to it, not many songs hit you in the face right when it starts. Mm-hmm. Oh, this yeah. one does. And it's just like, gah, 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 gah. I mean, it's just, it's, well, it's the perfect. It's the perfect theme for, I mean, it, it's the momentum of the entire first, first and second film. It's like yeah. that, like, Let's get this shit going from the first scene. He gets hit by a car, and we're going to yeah. go from there. It's worth uh, forgetting a birthday about. That Getting hit by a car in a lot of films is the climax. Yeah. yeah. It happens in the first 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> That's true. That is, that, is, that is true. Spud and the boxing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I forgot he, all about that. the guy that. square in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and he knocks his ass out. Um, no real oh boxing God. instructor. No. Maybe in Scotland. That. That might that. be true, but, yeah, but I, I say, hope that it's that. not. Yeah, I know. Uh, you don't. Yeah, in Scotland, they don't use pads. It's just um, all hand and face. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but the part of the scene is when he walks out. That's and how they he's, make haggis. He's realizing that he's in that same street mm. as, like, the opening scene from first, T1. First. Uh-huh. I mean, any of the transitional moments, and that's what I love, okay, about these both of these movies, is they handle transitions beautifully. Like and there is like transitions from one scene into the next, and it's just like it's it's a movement of the body. It's like it's it's careful panning. It's stuff like that that you're just like, yes, that's that's what I want. Well, the cool thing with yeah. the the you know when we talk about matching images and matching stuff. It's like it's showing that time isn't purely linear. Sometimes like yeah. you're kind of, you're sometimes living in your own past, or mm-hmm. your past is going to foreshadow what's going to happen in your future. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. What is your secondary favorite parts, Corey? 
Oh, so the first one is when uh, Franco finds out that uh, transvestites are a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. all, all Renton says is, you never know, it could have been wonderful. <laughs> and uh, he freaks out at that. And then the entire garage chase in Trainspotting 2. My favorite part is the end chase. of it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he takes the Viagra. Yeah, but then at the end, yes, that's exactly. He's like, "Oh, it's adrenaline. That's yeah. right. That's my thing." Uh, that's what but gets like him that off. whole the poor guy in the car, and like, well, that's where my one of my favorite quotes comes in. He goes, "You know, in a thousand years, there'll be no guys and no girls, only yeah. wankers." Yeah. yeah, sounds sounds what is it? Sounds great to me. Yeah, sounds great <laughs> yeah, to me. So, huh. but yeah, and those are my other two favorites. I think Begby uh, was. I read somewhere like he was uh, having oh. trouble with his sexuality anyway. He was. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the, the the author said. The yeah, author he said wrote he him was as gay, he was a closeted. To... That's why he's so yeah. raised where all the aggression and comes I think, from. Yeah. Like Danny Boyle had thought about that before even conversing yeah. with yeah. the writer. And then he was like, yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's it. And yeah. that's why he has. Oh, him I didn't in, know like, that. That's cool. He has him in like bright colored clothing and all uh-huh. this stuff. And he has that giant mustache. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they kind of look like, yeah, you look like a porn star. Yeah. That is so rageful and so like trying not, you know, it's. It's actually a cool thing. I think probably the first iteration of that kind of character that's probably hit film of like someone who's like aggressively, you know, just angry, but then all of a sudden you realize like it's because of sexual frustration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Misunderstanding of themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he can't he can't get it up for uh-huh. his wife when he comes home. So But you know, fighting pretty, with the guy <laughs> does yeah. it. Um uh, favorite yeah. characters. Let's I've, do per per movie. Okay. Um, um who wants to start this one off? I'll start. Okay. Um first one. I think I mean, Sick Boy, I like his references and all that, and being the movie guy, but like, it's kind of hard not to pick Renton because yeah. he's like the main mm, character. And, yeah. And I told Corey, like, upon initial viewing of it, like, rewatching it after like watching it in college, I'm like, it's hard for me to not to, lo- to like anyone versus Renton. Mm-hmm. In the second one, it's very easy to like a lot of other people for the mm. qual- for their whatever quirks. So the first one is definitely going to be Mark. And then the second one, it's Spud. Second mm, one, yeah. it's, it's Good Guy Spud. Um, I mean, there's some portions where I kind of find Begbie pretty funny, but um, it's Spud. It's mainly going to be Spud. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Okay. The first movie's written, and the second one's Spud. Yeah. Nope. Spud is writing all the stories, Spud, and those are just beautiful. Spud ones. is kind of like by himself in an isolation. And then one of my other favorite sequences are in the mo- is his montage is when he's writing. He's going through withdrawals and he's building. He's and writing. His, you can see his shadow. We were talking. You can see his shadow yes. suffering, but he's yeah. like he's like not doing it. But his shadow yeah, is like oh, that was it's beautiful. Ca- and then leaning I mean, over the bed, like reaching in the bag, in the bag for the drugs. And, they play know. with shadows as well when Mark yeah. visits his parents, and then right. the same shot from the first the scene, mom, but the shadows there, yeah. and she's yeah. not sitting there. So, yeah. so I totally agree with you about the character. Copy, mm-hmm. copy that. Copy, Karen. Favorite characters per definitely Spud for the second one. Um, just because I like his change and his determination to make things happen. The first one, I, I, what is her name? The teenager. Diane. Like as much as I think she is wrong for doing what she did, I'm still like, you're the most well put together. You're, you're, pretty, you're pretty well put together in comparison to all of these other people. Ziggy Pop is dead. Um, so I, I <laughs> think I liked her the best. Yeah, she was um, pretty good. Just because she was like, we're going to be pen pals or I'm going to blackmail you. Yeah. So. Fun fact, her sex scene with Renton had to be cut down for American audiences because they said it was too raw for American audiences to see that she was enjoying it. 
Yeah. And they also had to re-record the first <laughs> 20 minutes just so it would be a little movie. bit more acceptable. Yeah. Oh, not acceptable, but just What he's talking about is it, not Robert, the 20 minutes of that scene, but the 20 minutes of Train of, Spotting 1, they had, had to, to redo redubbed. it because the accents were so thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Uh, Josh, uh, but Josh. yeah. Also, fun fact, during that sex scene, her brother and her mom surprised <laughs> her on set <gasps> that I thought day. it was her father. And her oh, I thought it was her mom no. and brother. Regardless, anyway, family members family were there. came to visit her on surprise her on set the, that day. Uh, yeah, and they had to go. She was like, no, you sit in the other room. <laughs> I will come find you after. Oh yeah. She was only 19 when she did that role. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Josh and nobody. And now. Everyone um, in that film is big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I'm really drawn to Sick Boy and both. Yeah. He's a cool character, hmm. but I don't like There's him as a human being. I mean, no, as a human being, no, <laughs> but fair. I just like that to. That is fair. Yeah. I just, he's, he's not any more much. worse than the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, I love Renton. I mean, it, it, it has to be Spud all day, every day. Like, he just, he's, he's just an addict. Like, that's the thing. It's like, stop, stop Spud shitting never on nobody. addicts. But right? the thing he's, is, also, he, I mean, he has a kind of self pity, but also it's very easy to pity him because he's, he tried to make things right. Yeah, he never he hurt can't. nobody. Yeah, and he never hurt nobody. And like at the very end, who does he go to at the very end? He goes to his girlfriend and his son. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. It's all he wanted, really. Yeah. And he he was sorry. He was gonna take his life, and his last thing he was gonna do is say sorry. Yeah. That they deserve more. I love you, Spud. I love you, Spud. <laughs> um, Corey? Uh Corey first one is a as a a, it's Mark, but also Franco, because he makes me laugh the most through the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Every time he's on the screen, I was pretty much laughing during mm-hmm. that scene at one point or another. He, um, who's the actor? Uh, 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 Robert Carlyle. He plays a very good villain. Yeah, because he makes me literally want to hate, like just hate. And him. he's in Rumpel. He's Rumpel Stiltskin in Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. That's how I knew him. Actually, Full, full Monty. He's in Twenty Eight Weeks Later too, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. he? Dad, I haven't seen Twenty Eight Weeks Later, but yeah. Danny Boyle produced days. that film. Oh. 28 no, weeks later was a sequel. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Danny Boyle produced it. So it's still mm-hmm. technically under his umbrella. But yeah. uh, so so Mark and Franco uh, for the first film. And then uh, I think it's still Mark for the second film. Okay. Hmm. I, I'm just uh, drawn to the way he uh, interprets things. I think. That's your Obi-Wan. Yeah. Hashtag that's my Obi-Wan. <laughs> Hashtag Ewan McGregor booty. <laughs> you get some of it. Ollie? It was good. Uh, for me, it's Franco for the first film. Um, for all the reasons you stated. Yeah. Uh, I'm just surprised. Like, I don't have to like him. No, 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 yeah, of course. I'm just like, oh, he's just the most. Can be your favorite character, not because they're a good person, just yeah. because just... you love to hate him. I love Darth me. Maul, but he killed Qui Gon. Fuck, but him. he's badass. He looks cool. <laughs> Franco, Franco's Franco dope. got me through the the part of the like. He kept me kind of invested. Yeah. Oh. Uh, until like the movie actually got me invested, but like every time I saw him, I was like, "Fuck you, dude! I hate you." Get the- Ow. Well, that's it your was just opinion, funny Tom. to watch. No, no, no. Like, I'm just saying I, it, the just, effect worked like, on me. Yeah. man. <laughs> he played hey, it really well. Um, and for T2, it is uh, Sick Boy. Sick Boy. Yeah, mm. just because I really enjoyed watching him and his antics. And, yeah. And he had some really, yeah, really funny dialogue. Yeah. Super talented actor. He's the only one that's Fuck not 20, Scottish. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's English. English. And Danny yeah. Boyle wanted him because of Hackers and his Sean Connery mm-hmm. impressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun fact, the first film he did not take uh, dialect coaching and just practiced as best he could and went into a bar in, uh, uh, I think it was Glasgow. Glasgow. Or, he shot and and just tried out mm-hmm. the accent and no one said anything. So he was like, great. Uh, and he would like drink before scenes because he was nervous all the time. And now he's sober 
completely and, and so he that. went to a dialect coach <laughs> and you and mcgregor made fun of him and he's yeah. like oh you don't have the liquid courage huh mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like it's been 20 years <laughs> nobody knew he was not scottish in the movie until no. the end of the movie yeah because he, he spoke all the time with a scottish accent and then they had a cast party or something and Method? yeah only and like only like oh, what like <laughs> only, only uh, i think yeah. only ewan and spud knew oh yeah that and was it. also wow. you know uh and ewan and ewan Two yeah, Ewans. two Ewans. Yeah. And then Spud, who was another Ewan, Ewan, I don't know. Second uh, Ewan. Played Renton on the stage performance. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So it was funny because he knew the entire movie back and forth because he'd perform as Renton. Right. Mm-hmm. But Danny Boyle was like, Ewan. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. McGregor all day. Well, and then, that was well, his boy from, at that chance. From the moment that he started writing the script, he, I mean, putting it together. Because he had Ewan. already, he had just done Shallow Grave. Yeah. 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 Um. So now, dare I say. Kwame Qualms. DJ Qualms in the house. So I can start. Qualms are yeah, going to be if we have any issues, and they're not going to be to take away its merits, but more of like things that we might have issues with or baggage that we bring in um, or anything that we feel like didn't match our aesthetic or capture any parts of our imagination. Yep. Hmm. Josh, Josh starts off. I'm going to start because it's going to be quick. Mind you, I've watched these movies 10 million times. times. Yeah. Trying to find something. Let me guess. You have no qualms. I have no qualms. <laughs> I, I, I have watched them literally in the past couple of days just being like, can I find anything? There's nothing about the films. Like there are things that make me feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. because they're so fucking real. They're supposed to. They're yeah. supposed to. But in terms of like, I didn't like that. It's like character things. It's like, thanks fucking for Tommy putting yourself together. She just, and the girlfriend being like, okay, maybe this is a qualm. The girlfriend dumping him because he accidentally. Well, that wasn't why <laughs> they already had shit. Tons they, well, of no, issues. that's always the, that's always the thing is that this is just the, Straw. But again, that's one of those things the that's like, that broke the camel's back. Okay, it's not really a qualm. It's just like, oh, come on. I'm like, talk about it or something like that. But anyway, I don't like, really Yeah, have the any... first time she's introduced, he's complaining yeah. about her. I don't have. <laughs> right? And there, there are issues, and she's complaining about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have qualms about the story. I don't have qualms about the creation of it. I I was really did not expect the T2 to be just like so good. Kaylin, you go next. All right. Um... I my qualm is uh, just more personal opinion than anything, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's just on my personal baggage because like the first movie had such an impact because it felt very real, it felt very like I know these people, and then when the second movie came out, um, it felt a little too fantastical for me. Um, not that I you know not that I'm saying it was bad or anything. Um, Fantastical in what in what sense? The stakes, I think. The, the, and stakes, the, the stakes and circumstances just seem too like far fetched for me. And it's not that I don't think that things like that have happened, um, but more of that like the first one felt so grounded and up close, and this one felt a little more distant, just because it, it it felt more like like ooh action movie kind of deal, where, where the first one was like. Even though that the first one plays around with like going into a toilet and like a baby crawling on the ceiling, those are effects that are happening in their minds. But the scope of like their situations are pretty contained in themselves versus like fighting in a bar or dry or riding on top of a car, or things like that. Like those yeah. circumstances are a little bit more higher stakes or adrenaline actiony that you're right. talking about, right? And and yeah. I think they all just happened too easily. Um, like things went. Even though things were like crazy, they still felt kind of according to plan. Hmm. Well, there's a there's and, a criticism behind the second film about that, and I'll talk about. 
Ollie, you were going to say something? Oh, no. Uh, it's coincidental things. Yes. Like, there's a lot of coincidence in this in the second one. Right. To set up certain interactions things. and things. And and so I, I think for the first one, it had, there wasn't time for that. Yeah. In a way. It felt like, more organic, like an organic yeah, progression it, of it, things. It felt very organic, and the other one felt very like, this happens here, this happens there, this happens here. Mm-hmm. It felt too, like, constructed for me. Um, again, not that yeah. I think it's bad. It just, the initial impact and then seeing the second one mm-hmm. didn't have the same kind of thing. So I, I don't really think I have any qualms aside from that because I, I think they're both really great movies. I, I like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like the movie. I, I like completely agree with what you just said. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't care. I don't, there is that too. I, I completely understand what you're saying. There yeah. are a lot of coincidences. Begbie's sitting next to Renton in the toilet. Just so happened to be sitting right <laughs> yeah. there, and you know, it's, there's a part of me that makes me feel not to like. I'm not trying to attack your no, 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 qual. No, what I'm, I'm trying attack. to say is that like, <laughs> because I was listening to what you were just saying, and I was like, but that's part of the style of the film, right? To me, like, it's like the film is. It's not fantastical in my mind. I mean, there are certain things that they do where it's like where they were superimposing text while they're. Well, I think you're talking visually fantastic. Visually, she's well, talking about. Like, I mean, I'm getting to yeah. like story wise, like. Mm. A, even story-wise, where it is like weird coincidences, like oh, why are Beckman and Mark mm-hmm. all of a sudden in the same like? Yeah, or all City. these different things that just kind of happen, mm-hmm. and you're like, it's moving the story along, yeah. and it's making us laugh. Yeah. But to me, I'm like, oh, that's part of the. But that, like again, it didn't bother me for some yeah. reason. But yeah. I totally see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The there's one thing that I just I kind of remembered yesterday. I'm like, Begby got like lanced by that fucking <laughs> oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. foot long skewer. And he kind of just... He was delicious. He just he just kind of walks out of the, you know, the uh, hospital. Oh, he's still bleeding he's throughout bleeding, the entire thing. But yeah. he manages to start heisting and start na 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 and all this stuff when he's got like a and hole in his And they never go back to it. But, and he never heal. He, they never show any kind of... But you did see the magazine that he was looking at on the bedside table, right? Well, it's about... Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. He got skewered in the right place so he didn't kill him, get killed. But even right. then, but he, he still, still has like a, a hole all the way through his yeah. body. Yeah, you don't tend to get in fights and like that last scene. He would have been hurting, like mm-hmm. tearing up that place. Yeah, because the timeline seems to be like it was very quickly. quick. Yeah, so he still would have been like he still would have been injured somewhat when he right. was tearing apart the the sauna and all that. So I just was like, man, but I know his character is like a badass motherfucker. Yeah, so and maybe, adrenaline's a hell of a drug. Yeah, that's yeah. So say. maybe all the blood's in his penis. Right <laughs> now, <laughs> nowhere else. There you go. So maybe that was Fair. the the, yeah. the explanation for that. Um, but that was the only thing. I no, was like, Wait I a I kind of thought the same way too, actually, because I was like, why is he's doing a lot of they stuff? They could at right least now. show him like just kicking and sh- you know going crazy and just a little blood coming out, yeah. you know, because something like that. But Money's that's the, the only thing I. Could but then you flip it and you're like, if you escaped from prison and waited twenty years and the guy you were trying to get was right in front of you, mm-hmm. whether you have a hole in your side or not, would you stop? Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. you know, debating. The, no, 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 I'm just throwing that idea it, out there. But, but yeah. just like a little hint that maybe he didn't like that, magic. Yeah, like the magazine wasn't enough. Yeah. The yeah. magazine wasn't yeah. enough explanation yeah. of like, oh, step because it, the way that the scene unfolded was it was like kind of like. It still seemed like the guy stabbed him wrong. Stabbed him wrong. Yeah, oh, he did. Like yeah. the way that it, he got it. Like, he did. He said it I went all the way. Here, it wasn't supposed here. to go all the way through. Yeah. Oh. And then also, so he was still injured. 
incorrectly. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That book didn't do shit for him. Mm-mm. Huh. You I just, must have. Because he's like, oh, God. You did. Oh, Although we I think do, we do never find liver. out it got his liver. He, yeah, he, he may did. think we it did, it. Yeah, yeah, but it yeah. yeah. could just yeah. hurt really bad. But. Yeah. So that, Probably that's that. a, like the only thing. But I don't know, man. Those magazines tend to be pretty detailed. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> any other qualms? No, that's it. Um, yeah. I mean, so that, that's been like pretty much, I think, the biggest qualm I've seen online and stuff like that. It was like everything seems very coincidental. It's mm-hmm. the whole movie is based on coincidence of like, coincidentally, Renton has a heart attack at this time. Coincidentally, he wants to go back to Edinburgh. Coincidentally, Begbie gets out of prison at this time. Coincidentally, like, Spud happens to be committing suicide, and then he the happens to be there at the there. right moment. Um, and those are kind of just, like, move things along. I mean, like, and the cool thing that happens, I guess, there are two different narratives. Like, Train Spotting 1 starts out in the middle of everything. Like, this is a day in their life. And then it just happens that Mark Renton's like, I'm going to stop. And this is what sets off the events that happen later on. Mm. And then in the second film, it's a it's a narrative of, of a character coming back to a city or leaving someplace to go to somewhere. And it sets off these events. And that's kind of like the suspension of disbelief portion of writing where like you the inciting action is actually a character just coming to a city. Mm. And then things the status quo is shifted. Mm-hmm. And because that the balance is off. The balance yeah. is off. And it's kind of like magic where it's like when one person happens to be here, everything gets sh- shown. Well, it's a butterfly so, effect. It's a, yeah. a butterfly beats its wings. You know, um, so, I mean, yeah, that only feels weird or jarring because yeah. you're comparing one movie to the other. And I will hold mm. that same qualm in that sense of like, yeah, it's just different. But I mean, to me, it doesn't take away the fact that like this is a complete story. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> the first one. So I said that in the beginning, the second one I feel is better directed because I think Danny Boyle just has a little bit more. Experience 20, under his 20 belt. more years yeah. of experience, you'd say. Um, yeah, <laughs> feels like, and you know, he's better, <laughs> esta- better established. Um, and I feel like everything's just a little bit more controlled, mm. everything's not so crazy and zany. We had a budget for one. Um, well, one thing specifically, and this is purely like my own problem I'm not a <laughs> fan of like the amount of Dutch angles used in the first one. How mm. dare you? Like, I don't even know what that is. It's when it's not centered. Excuse. It's like oh, that makes sense. crooked. And like I get it. And like he he uses, you know, low angle and high angle differently than American filmmakers use it, which I'm okay with because to me that's like that's how European filmmakers are. Um and he's using it in a, an effect that makes you feel more claustrophobic than anything. It's not supposed to be about a paradigm shift of power. It's supposed to be about like this character is lower than ground. But then yeah. like the low angle just just the low angle beginning. But all the Dutch angle shots I'm like it's they just, call they don't is, call him Danny Dutch for no reason. I know, and I'm just <laughs> like, that's really one of his Danny nicknames. It's like yeah. Michael, you know, lens flare or you know uh, JJ lens flare, like the same thing. Like it's you just do it, and I get it's it, a and it's trade, cool. Trademark. But I'm like, I'm not the bit. You don't need to use it that much. My, Christopher well, Nolan and the revolving shot. He would say, shot. "Fuck you, I do." Yeah, yeah. and like, uh, <laughs> oh, you have, do you Boyle have director? Right like, does he have like these are things that Tom does? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I, I feel like I'm very Tarantino where his, I steal from everyone else. His 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 is more involved in the story though, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like Nolan has a lot of people on the backside. Like Tarantino has to have the N-word somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like those are those things well, like Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Nerd? Um those are their own specific yes, nerd, things yeah. that they have okay. to put in there. Um and I'm I'm just not I just don't love the Dutch angle as often as he uses it. No. Um it's the other word. They almost just said my garage doesn't say dead nerd storage. <laughs> Okay. Because oh, she said, wow. my gosh. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> but uh, now I said it. Great. Um, but yeah, I mean, those would be the, my main thing. There, I don't really have actually any problems with the second one in terms yeah. of like its angles and visual styles. But I did love like the colors in the first one are just to me better. Mm. Colors in the first one are way better. Mm. Um, well, is it better or do you think it's a stylistic choice? It's better. 
It's, oh. it's better. <laughs> because to me, it's a stylistic choice. Everything's yeah, very much muted now at this point in their lives. I mean, the f- second one looks more close to 28 Days Later. And I would say in that sense where it's like there is more like, even though it's newer technology and stuff like that, it's there's more grain or noise because it might be digital. But like in the f- second, in the first one, they didn't have that as much. And that's mm. why I liked it more. Okay. And mm. so I'm saying for me, it's better for me. So when I say better, to me it's better. Yeah. No, I just wanted to ask the question if you thought it was maybe stylized no, or not. No, it's better to me. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's not open for discussion. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to, yeah. I mean, the, the one thing I'll say is uh, when the filmmaking, and maybe it's just like doing what I do or whatever, or, or consuming, like doing the podcast, whatnot. Like when, it, when, it, when filmmaking styles take me out of a movie, Mm. that's that's where I'm like, okay, you maybe use it too much. Style over substance. So I th- yeah, so I think the first one to me had a, had a little bit, like I would say, tone it down by like 5%. Of what specifics? Just the different camera shots mm-hmm. and like um, just to the symbolism and, and the surrealism. I eat that shit up, baby. I, <laughs> oh, I know. Like I love, uh, like you were saying big fish. I love big fish. Yeah, you do. But, but it didn't always have the occasion for it. Mm-hmm. I feel. Um, the second one, I don't know if I have any. I, I guess just more of the kind of like it felt like a, uh, like a like too much of a modern movie at, the, at least at the beginning. And I wish it had. Ironically, I wish it preserved some more of that style. Mm. Like <laughs> for better for worse, he yeah. it, but he wants more of it. Yeah, I wanted like both of them to meet somewhere <laughs> in the middle. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. For poor for your palate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for me, for, for what I enjoy. Um, but aside from that, there's not really a whole lot that I disliked. Uh, the first one, I mean, so rarely do we go into movies completely blind nowadays. Um, so I feel like, but in this case, I, th- I think it served a bit of a disservice because I was like, oh, is this going to be just another like junky movie, whatever that I've seen already a billion times, but um, quickly, <laughs> it, it <laughs> d- was not that. Oh! It's not there. Uh, but but at the beginning, I was like, I hope I enjoy these. Like, I I, I want to enjoy them. I love all the actors in it. Like, they, I've seen everything they've done since this movie uh, for a lot of those actors. Um, this is the godfather for those actors. Yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> I didn't know it was Ewan McGregor for really, like, actually three. Really? All yeah. Of every, all lost, the movies. He, like, lost two stones just for 20-something pounds, yeah. yeah. The girl. Corey, was um, it after one or two? It was at the end of one when his name came up. Oh, that yeah. you went. That's Hugh McGregor. And I was like, yeah, yeah. The whole I time. No, I didn't know the whole time. I was like, he looks so familiar. The girl, um, the little fourteen-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Boardwalk um, Empire. I know her first from Boardwalk Empire. Oh, I'm like, oh and shit. Harry, Potter. Harry Potter. I actually and know her. I'm from, sorry. I'm from sorry. a movie called Choke. What? Who? Who? What? Who, the who uh, Diane character that you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is she in Harry Potter? <clears throat> she, she was a uh, Rowena Ravenclaw's ghost. <gasps> Oh, oh wow! Oh, the yeah, I would not have recognized that. No, yeah, right? yeah. Wow. yeah, the ghost wow. that he has to go find the diamond. And Tommy wow. is like, was like in an NBC because I was trying to place him. Well, he was for on Grey's Anatomy for a while. He was on Grey's Anatomy. I didn't, I didn't spoil because I don't watch Grey's Anatomy, but I watched Journeyman. Yeah, <laughs> actually, in a weird, I've got to bring comic books in it. He was actually one of the front runners to be Thor. Oh, <gasps> really? I could see that, Tommy. Huh. Yeah, but yeah, the second one. Um, he's yeah, big now. I, I think guy. most of them stem from what you what you said for Muscular. the second one, which is like, I love like obviously it's set up to like all these coincidental things happen to kind of sh- illustrate that you can't run away from 
like your past and like stuff catches up to you, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like it was, it was a hair too convenient in some cases. One thing mm. that the one time that really stuck out to me was when Franco went to the club and I was like, why would he go to the club? Mm. Cause he That's had, true. he had his Viagra, but then he went to the club to take him or something. Or he, his it, wife wasn't doing the job. But yeah. why the club? Like, I feel like he would go to a pub maybe or something. Yeah, that is, that is. So that, that was one I mean, thing I was like. He's, he's, if I may interject, yeah, why yeah, he yeah. went to the club? Because that's where they all used to go 20 years ago the last time he was this supposed to be the Was that the same club? club, right? No, it might be the same club, but that's all he knows. Oh, okay. Is to go to clubs. So I guess that was the only Pick thing. Pick up girls at the club. It was it's, funny though, because yeah. it was funny to see him like, like when they all like were lowering, like doing that one dance all together, and he was like confused for a second, like, and then the they, stu- yeah, because yeah, I think it's supposed to mirror the first scene where they all go get girls, yeah, and he gets one, everyone gets one except Mark, yeah, and then he meets the the younger girl. So he's I mean, still to suave. Be, to character this day. wise, it makes sense. To it me, makes sense, but but that that's when I noticed. I was like, okay, well, he's an Arrested Development. In a sense. I feel like that was maybe a little convenient Good for show. them to be there at the same exact time, yeah. but I don't know. I'm gonna well, argue uh, the convenience. No, yeah, please. Coincidental. Yeah, because no, I would say 99% of all movies are coincidental. Th- that's that's part of it too, where it's like it, if this was in a bubble without yeah. without the first one, I would say that I wouldn't even notice. Well, that's what Tom was saying. Techn- it's like, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, technically speaking, like if you want to like dive into it and be like, how could you fix it? It's kind of like you make it where that like sick boy visited Begbie in prison and yeah. then accidentally splurted that he saw Renton. Yeah. And then it causes Begbie to get out. Or something causes Spud yeah. to like. Because I was going to say, like, off the top of my head, the events like Iron Man, different. for example. How coincidental is the first 30 minutes of Iron Man that he happens to be in a Humvee that gets blown up and captured by people that happen to have his equipment and happen to want him to build something and he happens to trick them into giving him the right parts yeah. for a whatever it's called. What's the thing? Arc, arc, arc reactor. Reactor. I, and I, it's I just, guess, like, that's super coincidental. But I also don't say Iron Man's the best written movie of all time. I said off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I hate it when mom and dad fight. That off the top of my head, that's all I got right now. I think, I think give me ten my, minutes, I'll come with thirty films. My whole thing was that not that it was. I don't think it necessarily took away from the movie, um, but it was something that I noticed. Yeah, and, and, and I, I think it's. it's I don't like, like you when said, I notice it. The first one isn't so much. Though. Yeah, it's, the first one's very organic, and the second one's maybe not a lot. And it's maybe not even like it's not even it's not even like when I finished the first one, I was like, oh, that was a really organic series of events. Exactly, it's, it was. Yeah after seeing like a couple specific things inside of the second one where right. I was like, this is all happening like within. Yeah. It, it, the bubble. second one makes you feel like Renton's pulling everyone together from some like weird attract, attract force. And maybe we're supposed to pick that up. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're supposed to pick it up that like since Renton comes back that we're all supposed to come back together. He was the and, thing holding them together in the first film. Yeah. And the thing is, these are all supposed to be his mates. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they all split up is because of him. So it mm-hmm. makes sense that they all come together. But then the first one, everything happens because of somebody else. Right. Someone else's job. Someone else's does a fight. Someone's baby dies. Someone dies. Someone does this, and it, it, those things yeah. bring each other together. And, and maybe, maybe like coincidence. I guess I don't know if whether coincidence is the right word or convenience is the right word, but it's not. It's not like those are hap. I don't even know how to explain it, but like it's not because those things are happening because of each other. It's the way that they're stitched together. Mm. I feel like I could have used like a seed to kind of pull it together, like you said, like slipping that he's alive or he's in town or whatever. Something to kind of just like, okay, now there's an actual like semi-believable reason. Well, that's how the book was actually. The What's it called? Porno. Mm -hmm. But again, it was so, it was so minute Mm -hmm. and it's, Mm -hmm. and it's like barely a coin. Yeah. I just wanted to bring up a other other side of the coin type of thing. Uh, I don't have qualms. Yeah. I told you picking Corey was dumb. Whoa. Um, I forgot. No, (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, Yeah. I, I just, I don't. 
um, coming from uh, my background with my family and and just having seen it at a young age and kind of grown with it. For me, I think having seen it at the at a young age, and then having so much time go by, you know, uh, and then seeing the the film, I've I myself have grown with it at such like a pivotal time in my life, mm. going from being like fourteen to twenty eight watching it, like that's double my life at that yeah. point. So uh, for me, I I thought that the 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 seeming the two together was was wonderful. Yeah. I don't have any. To me, the whole second film made sense for character-wise for everyone. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that brings us to my actual favorite part, where we must rate the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wakanda. Um, so I have the most votes, so I can go first. I think, um, is it all just Tom and Ali? It's yeah. just it us was two. Just us two yeah. So whoever you fives would I like to more, go first, I had go more ahead. Crumb votes. <laughs> you five. Well, should, should they go first? Yeah, so they builds up to us. Uh, yeah, Train spotting one is a five, and two is a four point eight. Nice. Yeah. Josh, Josh? I would do vice versa. Number sure. one is a 4.8 well, and number two is a five. I was like, five is going to be his transpiring two. I learned something new about you. Uh, transpiring one is a five just because of the sheer impact. Um, oh, God. Yeah, no, just, no, for real. Uh, and then the second one, um, 4.3. Mm, um, just because it... it frustrated me so much the 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 change like and i i understand that it's personal baggage but which is like a trope of sequels where sometimes right. you know you expect one thing you get another thing and then sometimes if it's not the same thing or if, if it's not if it's a little bit too different than you expected it lowers your what you think yeah it is. well and, and again it's, it's literally just the sheer impact that and honestly like there's there's somewhere far in the back of my brain that's like give it a three point something i'm angry but that's your four, weakness four point, talking that, to that's, you. That's yeah. the weakness talking to me. So I'm going to go with 4.3. Bye. Um, a six and a six. There oh, we go. Wow. Wow. Shattering <laughs> the nerd scale. New rating I, system. Yeah, I don't need your freaking scale. <laughs> I can do what I want. She does and live outside of the episode. Yeah. So she, does. she, she has yeah. an omnipotent, omnipotent force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically she starts the episode and ends yes. the episode. Yeah. She is the alpha and omega. Yep. Right? <laughs> right? So she, she's, I'm the donut. She's yeah. the only <laughs> bookend. I was going to say God, but okay. <laughs> I'm the bookend. Uh, and then it's Ali. You had two and Tom had three. So yeah. Um, for me, it is a 4.8 for one mm-hmm. and a 4.5 for two. Cool. Mm-hmm. I win. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, five for train spotting one and then it's 4.5 for train spotting two. Cool. So all relatively high. So she Sorry, has the I lowest the one number. No. Yeah. She has, okay. She has the lowest. What, what was it? 4.3? 4.3. 4. 4. 3 and five. So add those BZs up. Quick math. And then. Five plus four. Divide four. Divide four. Divided by <laughs> two. Her is collecting 4.65. Mine's five. Plus 4.5. Oh, God. Oh, God. 5 plus 4.5 divided by 2. Mine's 4.75. And yours is 4.8. 4.5? 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4.6. Am I going to be the poopy pants? You are. You're collecting 4.6. I'm the grump, you guys. I knew I should have picked you. Thank you all. This moment is the first moment for you. This is the first time that I'm a grump because of... Heroin. How does it feel to shit on the things we love? <laughs> um, she didn't shit on the I'm things just we love. Shit on it. Movie shit on itself a couple of times. Like, it, it did many times. Literally, yeah. twice. That's um, the pretty all high over the grump. Walls. That was a pretty high. I want to say though that the grump was what four point six six. That's yeah, that's, 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 that's the, the high grump. Yeah, quote unquote. The grump. But that goes been, to show. I've been a grump at the four point eight. 
Yeah. That's come true. On. That's true. That's oh. true. That goes to show how good these movies are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is also we can have qualms with it, but it doesn't take away the fact that we still love them. Yeah. No. Yeah, like no. there can be like it's to me, I think I like pizza. You can have pepperoni, mushrooms, and onions, and someone's not gonna like one of the toppings. And now I just yeah. want pizza. But it doesn't mean pizza's not bad. Um, do I dare say we gush about some things? I feel we, like we've gushed. We've gushed, gushed for an hour and something. We've gushed for about two hours. You and hours. McGregor wanted to try using two heroin, hours. but then... They said no. They said no. Uh, yeah. The football team at the beginning is actually a... Uh, uh, soccer a, a, team. A, so- a soccer team that actually are people who are supporting, like, recovering addicts. Aww. And they became the drug councils on the, on the, in the shoot. Uh, the guy who played Sick Boy, uh, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, wanted to shave his head bald like horseshoe style nice for uh the second film and danny boyle was like no he's gonna be blonde but he's gonna be bleaching oh my god <laughs> bleaching his t- roots i would see i would see sick boy as vain yeah and so like he would he would that definitely keep up his no danny boyle made the right choice i'm just yeah, saying the no, actor no, no, yeah. wanted to and be like i'm older bud's girlfriend is who in harry potter Moni Myrtle. Moni Myrtle. Oh my yeah. God. She's actually been in a lot of amazing films that she's, she's, just to go look. Yes, that's is, where she's from. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I see it. She's Moni Myrtle. Four Weddings and a Funeral, so right? Familiar. She was um, in a bunch of weird little movies, but she's uh, she's awesome. She's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. I re- we already mentioned that the Volcano Room thingy and the Clockwork Orange. Yeah. It's actually yes. based off Clockwork Orange. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, what a... Mindfuck for me. That was, to me, that was the biggest. I'm like, oh, that's I, I wasn't wrong. I, I said that to you when you said you were like, it reminds me of Clockwork Orange. I was like, yeah, the whole Bridget bar Jones scene diary. Is, but I didn't get that. Oh, until you saw what you meant until I actually saw the words on the walls. Like, oh, that's the milk bar. Yeah. Got but there, it. like I said, there are several references yeah. to it. Uh, there Did are references you, to the Beatles. Yeah. Lots. Visual references. Yeah, the walking Lots across. Uh-huh. Um, also Mother Superior. And yeah. uh, I think yeah, the entire crew watched The Exorcist before this movie, preparing for it. Interesting. Oh. Because that was like the biggest movie of the time. Huh. And so they prepared as like we got to make a movie just as good. Oh. I was like, wow, wow. Uh, Exorcist wow. was a huge play for the or a huge like ins- point of inspiration for them and the crew. Wow, I can I, see that. Yeah. I feel complete. I feel. I'm complete. feeling pretty yeah. complete about yeah. this. I feel great. I'm about to complete. I'm the grown. Huh? I feel great. Great. <laughs> I feel great. Um, thank, thank you, you everybody. Well, yeah, actually, thank you, wifey. Oh, you're for um, delicious you, coming to the studio. Yay! <laughs> coming across the, the river. lawn. Yes, across from the lawn house. to the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for my being pleasure. This was fun for being this the voice awesome of Nerd too. On. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I get paid a lot for that. <laughs> <laughs> All those residuals, right? Yeah, in love, in love, in deliciousness, yeah. <laughs> delicious oh, trash. Oh, Nerd On and, and dark <laughs> and weasel and weasel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and weasel. And we also need to thank our patrons. Yeah. Over at Patreon. One more time. Mm-hmm. One more time. Thank over you to at our Patreon. Listeners. Welcome yeah. to year two, yo! Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. So good. It's so good. Thank you for you. As Just Corey listening. says, yes, you. Yeah, you. You, you listening. You. Um, not the other people. Specifically, you with the headphones in. Or if you're not wearing headphones, it. driving. Or with the computer. No, I'm talking one person specifically. Oh, that one with person. With the headphones with in. Headphones. With the backwards oh, hat that says your fraternity. You don't need to wear that anymore. You're 46. Hey, 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 hey. I got really it's not specific. four years. It's for life. Um, I'm a personal. Attorney man over here. If they love everything they hear, shout out for Sega. Where can they go, Josh? They can head on over to nerdon.tv. Has all the linky links and the info infos, all that good stuff. Um, wifey, do you have anything that you would like Where can our fans find to find some cool check stuff out? Uh, I can be seen uh, auditioning in front of a microphone. <laughs> can be heard on StarCraft 2. Yes. Which right. I was playing last night. Oh, cool. Not last night. Last week. No, I, last I, night got I was nothing. rating. Choose life. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't do the social, the socially socials. 
Because she didn't. She's just really she, cool. Because she doesn't she's, choose Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. I'm yeah. on the she Facebook. Chooses, I'm on the FB. But if I, it was, I just never. I think if it uh, wasn't my anything. job, I wouldn't be doing them either. I'm on it. <laughs> All I see is you guys tag each other what movie point, theaters I'm like, are at. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as always, nerd on. Ending broadcast.